Tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the live version of the Break the Bell Podcast. And we now have Bill back. Yes. He's not drunk Bill anymore, which no. is way more fun, I found out. Was it? Yeah. I don't even remember. I, I, I figured you probably won it. Uh, Bill is back from his much-needed vacation. Yes. I'm back to work from a much-needed vacation, vacation yes. and now we're just back to being disgruntled everyday yes. workers like yes. like the rest of y'all, I guess. So, That's true, but we're here. We are here. Last week, so. we're all like happy and I like, know. We're like, relaxed <laughs> and shit, yeah. and this week, we're like, fuck, we're back. Yeah, I know. Shannon is in the comments early. She nice. says, let the fun begin. My favorites. Shannon, it is always a pleasure to be your Absolutely. favorite, and I will do whatever it takes to continue to be your favorite. Um, I uh, resist the peer pressure to call you by your new name, which I'm not going to mention. Um, that's going around the interwebs, but your name, you will always be Shannon to us <laughs> because we're your favorites, and... We want to continue that. <laughs> we're we're kind of whores. We're like, you know, we so are. if, if yeah. somebody really likes us, we're going to do what we can yeah. to make what, what that one person. want us to call you? <laughs> yes. Shannon uh, says, welcome back, Bill. Thank you, Shannon. It is good to be back. It is good to be back. Um, you had pointed out when you first got here, you're like, man, I, I feel a little rusty. And, I know. And I, I felt that way as I was, like, getting the, yeah. the setup, everything turned on and all the, st- the screens in the right yeah. spot. I'm like, you know. I feel like we haven't done this in forever, and it's, it's just because we don't do the weekend wrap-up yes. this month. It's yeah. just for this month, and it's just like, yeah. it seems like there's such a stretch now mm-hmm. between the two, and, well, and you, you I was weren't gone last here, week. so yeah, you were just... Right. You were so half- I walked in, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, it looks different, and then yeah. I look at my chair, and I'm like, that looks smaller than normal. <laughs> well, it is clean in here. That might, Oh, I, I did, that's it. I did take the time to clean, and I hadn't cleaned... It had been since I took the ornaments down at Christmas because I was finding <laughs> random ornaments on the floor as nice. I was cleaning. So Very it had nice. been a while. Uh, I still had the wrapping ship from my birthday present you gave me oh, on the yeah. floor. So um, it had been a while. So that's probably why it's different, too. But we are back. We are here in the studio, and yes. we are ready to give an awesome show, I we feel are. like. I feel like uh, it's time to talk about this because we haven't really discussed it yet. And that's yeah. this uh, global war war on farmers. Yes, which kind of is uh, coming to fruition, like in the public eye in right. the Netherlands right now, right. or with as far as the last month, like from yeah. June till now, mm-hmm. uh, there's been like major protests there yeah. in the Netherlands, um, shit slinging, literal, literal, literal shit slinging yes. in the Netherlands, and. Um, I, there, there's other people starting to talk about this, and we've yeah. mentioned it in passing, but we haven't done a show right. on it. Um, j- there's just been some other podcasters I've heard talking about it. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, this is probably a good time to talk about right. it because this seems to be part or, part of a bigger agenda. Right. This like war on on the the 
not not all farmers, not the, like the corporate farmers, right. but no, like no, the no. the local farmers right. and the private farmers yeah. and stuff. And it it seems like there's something kind of uh, yeah um, sinister going on. Yeah, because what started in the Netherlands is is slowly spreading across the globe mm-hmm. with new. Uh, mandates and and restrictions on on certain practices that is going to cost the farmers and the world itself uh, quite a bit in the uh, long run or short run even right uh, with food yeah well it, it doesn't help that we just happen to be in the middle of a food crisis right, right. now so what a better time to yeah. put restrictions on the people yeah. that grow that food for us yeah you know there's the whole big war in Russia that they keep talking about that's causing the food shortages and the fertilizer shortages. Mm-hmm. So on top of that, why don't we pile on restrictions where the farmers can't do their fucking jobs right. and they they can't produce like even probably 60% of what they're, they they should be producing. So yeah. great idea. It and seems I, like I, a fantastic I, I idea. I feel like to they've me. been they've been building towards this, you know, with the whole like, oh, well there's a food shortage coming, you know, and then they're like, oh, but it's Russia and Ukraine and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well 10,000 cows died, which yeah. we yeah, know yeah, yeah. that not a big deal, but now all of a sudden they're going to start cutting, you know, hitting the farmers hard with stuff. Right. And they'll be like, well, if it wasn't for the war in Russia, you know, not saying <laughs> anything about the government restrictions. Sure. And like you said, it's not just Subject to uh, to the Netherlands right now, right. you're starting to see these uh, these bills pop up in like Canada, yep. here in the United States, like statewide. There's like state by state basis, like California's mm-hmm. pushing some hard restrictions on farmers, right. and they like feed oh a mere quarter of the United States right. with their farming. So so that that shouldn't affect us at all in no. our food prices in any way. Uh, but nobody nobody profits from that, would oh, they? No, no, not at all. No, not the big corporations that can right. afford to uh, take on some of these yep. restrictions and can afford to like shift yeah. their production lines right. efficiently. Right. They, yeah. they won't profit off this at no, all. We didn't no. see any any um, hints of that during the pandemic right. and like the the corporate consolidation of. All the things. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to talk more about that as we get into the show. But uh, before we do, we obviously got to mention our sponsors. That is still the good, delicious run-your-mouth coffee. There they are. Produce delicious coffee without the restrictions of the government. I don't think they believe no. in the government restrictions. I, I don't think so either. But they, they, they're they going to continue to produce delicious coffee and good. continue to support us being able to speak out against the, the I don't know the global agenda the the elitists that want us to all eat crickets <laughs> and uh, while they get to be the ones to eat the the small amounts of steak right. that are left yeah. in the world, um, run your mouth coffee doesn't support that and they no. support us to be able to speak out against that without fear of getting ostracized from civilization as we know it. Go to rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using the promo code. Break the bell. That's all one word, no spaces. You'll get 10% off your purchase plus free shipping, and that's an awesome deal. Like I said, delicious coffee. You know, what happens when the war on coffee starts? Then, then we, ra- we raise arms. I mean... Yeah. Or they switch over to mealworm coffee, right? Okay. <laughs> I got... I got a, a handful of guns. And I'm not saying I would ever choose to use them. But if it came down to mealworm coffee, I feel like that would be a good reason to use that. I would think so. I mean, the Boston Tea Party has nothing on what would happen if mealworm coffee became a thing. Go to rymcoffee.com and get delicious coffee while you still can, apparently. (laughs) 
Shannon says, ew, with a lot of W's. <laughs> that is ew-worthy. <laughs> that is very, very uh, definitive ew there. It's more like, ew. <laughs> We're going to get into the show. We're going to talk about this war on farmers, talk about the green agenda, how it's forcing a lot of farmers out of business, probably intentionally. Absolutely intentionally, in my yeah. opinion. This plot to kind of consolidate the wealth and the, the resources. We've talked so many times since yeah. we since we originally talked about the Great Reset, probably right. a year and a half ago. <laughs> we talk about this a lot, this whole plot to consolidate the resources yes. into the hands of like a couple mega corporations, a couple elitists. Yeah. All, all in bed with the WEF, I'm sure. Yes, obviously. That's what we're going to talk about, and we're going to get into... Go as wild as we feel like it. See where we go with it. Who okay. knows? Who knows where we're going to run with this? But it's going to be fun. That's all that, that like really it. matters. Um, I mean, when you start fucking with the food, people yeah. get a little pissed off. Rightfully well, yeah. so. Yeah, you got to. I mean, you, you screw around with like lockdowns and masks and stuff. People kind of are like, you know, I, I can I can deal yeah. with it. I can live with this. It's It's not fun. But you start screwing around with people's food. Right. That's when riots happen. That's when, like, I'm not talking like riots, like even Black Lives Matter no, riots. No, 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 I'm no. talking like riots, like yeah. taking out world leaders because, right, yeah. like, uh, you know, we're hungry. Right. It'd, <laughs> ma- it'd make it'd make the Boston Tea Party look like January sixth, <laughs> <laughs> and it would make January sixth look like nothing. Yeah, the right. nothing that it was. <laughs> so we're gonna get into this really quick after this intro video. We are gonna talk about. The war on food, the war on farmers, whatever whatever we're calling it. So, I guess, let's do it. Let's do we'll it. be right back. What did you say? You talking to me? What, what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did he say? What did he say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? All right, and here we go. You ready for this? I'm I'm bringing it on. As I mentioned in the intro, Last I checked, we're supposedly in a food crisis, a food shortage. Yes. Like this impending, like, the fate of humanity, at least, right. like, a good portion of it is really yeah. in dire Which, necessity they, They've right been now. prepping this for the last two years, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember, like, right after the shutdowns, they're like, okay, get ready. Here it comes, the, the food shortage. And it's always funny when they predict something's going to yeah. happen so well, and then when you start seeing like their moves not to prevent it, but yeah. more to bring it on. Right. Yeah, that that 
That's telling to me. Yeah. It's like they're either really stupid, which there's a good chance yes, of that. Yes, I, I, I kind of go with that as or well. Or <laughs> they're really trying to make this happen even yeah. even quicker. And it's so easy when you can just throw it up in the name of saving the Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, everything is. Uh, when when you throw a cri- major crisis on, oh, yeah. like, a uh, climate emergency, uh, yeah. if, if we don't do something now, like, it's going to be too late. Right. How many times have you heard, now is the time or it's going to oh, be yeah. too late? Yeah. I mean, it's been going on. Actually, I watched a video, uh, it was a couple days ago, and it was showed, like, since the 60s, how they predicted these major, like, um, crises, like, within 10 years, yeah. the, the ice shelf will be totally melted. Within no, 10 no, no, years, no, no, the no. East the Coast 60s, will be... In the 60s it was or an 70s, ice age, right? there was going to be an ice yeah, age. Yeah, there was yeah. going to be an ice age, yes. Like, if yeah. we don't correct climate change, yeah. we're all going to be frozen to death in yeah. a glacier. Yeah. And then within 20 years, it's like... Well, the glaciers are all melting. Yeah. It's like, what happened yeah. to us and it's being like, frozen? Within uh, 10 years, there will be no oil left at all, you know? Or within 10 years, uh, New York will be underwater, you know? I mean, so it's always it's always something. Yeah, it's funny. It makes you think, in the six, between the 60s and 80s, did we overcorrect? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Shit. well, we got to get it warmer <laughs> because it's going to freeze. And we yeah. overcorrected and went too far. It's like, oh, fuck, now we're, yeah. now we're too hot. Yeah. Now we got to cool it back down. So yeah. I, I'm guessing probably... 10, 15 years, it's going to be another fear yeah. of an ice age. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's just like the food pyramid. It's like eggs are good, eggs right. are bad, yeah. eggs are high cholesterol, eggs are super vitamin. It's like whoever. Cigarettes are good, now cigarettes are bad. Yes. <laughs> who fucking, who, who knows? Who, knows? who really knows? Just go with it, you yes. know? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I do know right now they're saying we are in the depths of a food crisis. Yes. Because, like we said, Russia, Ukraine. Yep, yep. Uh, they're both major wheat exporters yeah. of well, like a major influence on first, the third world. First, because of the shutdowns, the factories were shut down. They couldn't do the production. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember, we watched the video where like they couldn't get parts for their tractors, yeah, and stuff. And then uh, now it's uh, and then it was the shipping lines, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah, now it's well, and then it's the war on Ukraine. So fertilizer and grain and not being shipped. Yeah, and and now it's and here we are, and here we are. Let let's uh, let's shut down. Some yeah. of the farm production. Right. Let's, let's just stop farming. I mean, yeah. that seems like a logical explanation. Yeah. 10,000 10, cows died from the heat wave, remember? I mean, what's more of a concern? Even a, even if climate change is as legitimate as they yeah. say, what's more of a concern? Um, this quickly impending like food crisis, starvation, or this right. long-term, in the more near future than we'd like, uh, heating up the world like what right. what what should we address first in this should yeah. we go for the long term and just let people fucking starve or do right. we take care of the current situation and then slowly work our way towards fixing well, that y- you would think there would be a nice in-between place they could hit right <laughs> there's I mean... not well that's what they're trying to do they're trying to tackle both at the same well, time yeah i know and, th- and that's the problem though it's like oh well we gotta we gotta switch over from oil to wind and solar and then we gotta we gotta stop using cows and pigs because of their their excretions. Well, and that, t- talking about wind and solar, we're looking at not only a food crisis, but they're talking about an energy crisis. Yeah. And during this energy crisis, they're trying to switch us over to right. wind and solar. It's yeah. it's the same fucking thing. It it's is. like we yeah. have this immediate crisis supposedly, the shortage, but we better shut all these things off because right. it's going to affect the environment. And it's just like, do you do you not see right. again? It comes back to: Are they really that stupid? Do they just yeah. not see how this is just going to compound on top of the existing right. crisis we have? Yeah, but but then you know they're gonna they're gonna throw a blame back on well, it's fucking Putin. 
right? Well, obviously. So, uh, I mean, we've got, because of this food crisis, we got all these, like, um, what are, NGOs or mm-hmm. corporate bodies and stuff that are calling for, because of, because of the war in re- Ukraine specifically, I've seen several articles that are like, you know, we need to end this protectionism, protectionalism, whatever it's called, of the ag industry. Like, countries right. can't just, like, hoard their shit. We got to all pitch in to fill in the, the, the right. gap that's created by Ukraine and Hungary. Right. Or Ukraine and Hungary. Uh, Ukraine Russia. and Russia. <laughs> Hungary's right next door. I'm yes. sorry. It's okay. You sound like Kamal Harris. <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, for- a, it's a smaller European yeah, country. Yeah, right there. It's in the <laughs> Europe somewhere. So, so we all are supposed to pitch in by country right. to fill in this void that's being left by this war. Yeah. So what a perfect time to decide to stop right. farmers from doing their job. Yeah. To say, you know, <laughs> what you're doing probably isn't good, so right. you should probably stop doing it yeah. right now. I mean, this yeah. seems like the opportune moment to right. stop you from it's doing It's like that. our debt is so bad, right, from our credit cards, we need to take out loans. <laughs> to pay off our credit cards. <laughs> right. you know, we've, we've used this analogy so many times. I know. <laughs> it's like, let's take out a credit card. Same with... Uh, um, like stimulus check. Yeah, we, right, I think right. that's when we gave it last. It's like, well, we need to pay off this credit card, so let's open up a credit card to pay off this yeah, credit right. card, yeah. and we'll get a debt. We'll just keep. Then we'll use that credit card to pay that one, right. and it will. We'll never have to pay anything. It'll get perfect. Perfect. <laughs> makes <laughs> makes all the sense in the world. So, uh, I guess. I mean, you kind of briefly mentioned all these coincidences that led up to this food crisis. Like, in the midst of it, there's, like, the plants, the food factories that that burned down. Yeah, the fires. There's the the cows that died. Right. There's uh, the—not only the war, but there's also, like, other countries having Mm -hmm. issues with their food supply, with flooding and all this this stuff. But all these coincidences that just kind of fall into line— uh, like you said, the supply line issues. Yep. It just, just everything, just kind yeah. of so. So when there is storm. an actual like food shortage and people are hurting, they'll come out and be like, "Well, the cows that died in Nebraska or in Kansas, you know, there was ten thousand of them." And as we saw in a video, I think I showed you that like, there was a guy that's like, "Well, ten thousand is really nothing." Right. When we, when we like looked at the true numbers of Oklahoma or wh- wherever that was, yeah. was it Oklahoma? It was Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Um, when we looked at their true numbers, it was like a blip on the radar oh, yeah. for as many cows as were there. Shannon says history and geography with Craig and Bill. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 what, what this it is. seems like that's, week in week out. Doesn't that's it? what this is. I mean, we we don't know. My shirt does say I drink and I know things, yes. but I really don't know too many things. <laughs> I just read things and try to regurgitate it, and it usually comes out not very smart. So that's okay. It's my show. I can I can, <laughs> can I pretend can butcher it geography it, right? if I want. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the Netherlands because this is where this started, or <laughs> this is where it's the most vocal right now, currently. So this is from Fox News. It says the Dutch farmer revolt. Farmers revolt against harsh climate law. Just the beginning, experts say. There will be unrest all over. <laughs> all over. All over. Yeah, all. that's our that's our geography. <laughs> yeah, They're right. doing geography like that. Just ev- so like <laughs> everywhere, just like smearing shit on a wall yeah. all over. So the it starts here, but it goes here. <laughs> <laughs> just just so in this here. region, right there. Here. Yes. <laughs> Like a kid finger painting with its diaper shit (laughs) on the walls. 
So it says a series of farmer-led demonstrations against a government climate rule in the Netherlands could be the beginning of a global movement, according to experts interviewed by Fox News Digital. I want to know who these experts are, first of all. They never mention the experts. It's like them. Yes. (laughs) We are the experts. (laughs) We interviewed ourselves. Right, yeah. The Dutch government issued a plan in June laying out nitrogen emission reductions largely targeting the nation's agriculture industry, which produces an outsized share of such emissions, according to a report from the U.S. uh, Department of Agriculture's Foreign Agriculture Service. So the USDAFSA. (laughs) That sounds made up. It's a made up acronym. (laughs) Huge acronym. The government, though, directly acknowledged that there is not a future for all farmers to continue their business under the proposal. That's now nice imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. So that's kind of like uh, Joe Biden getting up at like maybe a town hall and a restaurant owner like standing up right. and saying, you know, all this th- these things shutting down, all these uh, uh, what was it, labor shortages and mm-hmm. stuff, it's affecting my business. And he's like, well, you got to pay him more or Fuck yourself. Right. Uh, next question. Yeah, right. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Yep. How it's just like, you think as a government leader or a uh, like a na- national leader, and you have one of your major constituents being the farmers. I think yeah. they it says they make up like 75% of like the economy there in oh, the believe, Netherlands. Yeah. Um, stands up and is like, uh, what are we going to do? And he, he's just like, well... Some of you aren't going to have jobs anymore. Yeah. Well, could you imagine if it's like, well, we've been farming for the last hundred years. Well, this, this is a sucks, family farm. Sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, here's the wanted ads. I mean, that's basically <laughs> what what he's saying yeah. here. I mean, right. I guess what would be worse, to sugarcoat and be like, hey, everything's going to be fine. This right. ain't going to affect yeah. your farm. And then it does. And right. it does. Oh, inflation is just uh, like temporary, right. you know, just yeah. to kind of keep them happy. Or would it be worse to just say, you know, go fuck yourself? Right. I mean, yeah. what would you rather hear? Yeah. At the time, I'd rather hear the one, but then I'd right. be more pissed off when I get to the point and my farm is gone. So. Right. Says, in response, farmers throughout the country have reportedly taken to the streets in recent weeks, blocking roads to airports and deliveries to food distribution depots. A State Department spokesperson said in a statement to Fox News Digital that the U.S. is monitoring the situation (laughs) and encouraging both sides to reach an agreement soon. You know what the Netherlands need? Sounds like they need more freedom. (laughs) Yeah, right. Whenever the U.S. is monitoring the situation, it's never. It's good. not looking good, yeah, right? Like the how long did the the U.S. monitor the situation in Russia and Ukraine, right? Yeah, or monitor the situation in Afghanistan, yeah, yeah. or uh, Iraq? Uh, it says, "I really understand the anger." Marco Kroc, a Dutch science writer and co-founder of the Climate Intelligence Foundation, told Fox News Digital in an interview. The farmers are also angry because they say. We are the only sector who get all the blame. What about industry? What about the traffic? Maybe we should just ban all cars in the Netherlands because they also admit Shut nitrogen. your pie hole, Shut man. Shut your damn mouth. <laughs> because they will. Yeah, they're like, you know what? That's not a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, we'll do that next. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Didn't think about that. You know what? Cars are next. Yeah. <laughs> Says the this plan in practice means in certain areas, farmers have to reduce their nitrogen emissions by 70%. Which means 70, it's like on average 50%. Some areas are like 30%. Some areas are 70%. They must be producing a lot more there. But it's basically telling them, you got to quit. You got to quit farming. Yeah. Uh, There's no other way around it at that point. Right. Well, I mean, they're they're expecting them to switch to like more organic, greener 
Like, yeah, about 70% though. Well, no, I know that. I well, could see like 30%. You could probably do like organic methods and drop maybe 30% right. in a couple in several years. Yeah. It's not going to be an immediate thing. Mm-hmm. It's got to be like over time. Right. Give us 10 years and maybe we'll get down to 30%. But 70% you're effectively yeah. telling them you right. you don't you, you can't farm anymore. Right. Well, and uh, uh, an article I read that said essentially they're saying that you have to, you know, basically they're saying you have to get rid of like seventy percent of your cows, yeah, seventy like percent of your pigs or whatever. Oh, exactly. Right? I mean, that's so. That's, is that like small farms or large farms? Because a small farm, yeah. like a uh, ten cows, seven cows, right. that's a yeah. lot of cows. Yeah, no doubt. Well, seventy percent is just a lot either way. You look at it. I mean, that's like effectively like yeah, shutting your business down. Says uh. The proposal to sharply cut nitrogen emissions is tied to a 2019 Dutch court decision forcing the nation's government to take more aggressive measures to curb nitrogen emissions. So what I had read about this, and I don't know if this is true, is that they pushed this bill through in 2019 to aggressively cut uh, emissions because the government tried to push kind of a green agenda bill, like a, right. an infrastructure and building bill, right. and it didn't pass. So they kind of turned around and it's like, you know what, fuck me, fuck you, have this emission right. bill. And they're all just like, ah, oh, crap. And so yeah. it was kind of like a, a stick it to yeah. the people that voted against that this. That kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, maybe a little. So does the Netherlands emit a large quantity of nitrogen because its massive agriculture industry, which accounts for 87% of the country's annual ammonia emissions, the FSA report showed. The nation exports a whopping $26 billion worth of food despite having a relatively tiny population compared to other major producers, according Mm. to the World Bank data. So it's a tiny little country exporting $26 billion of food. So that says a large percentage of what they do is agriculture. So you shut down... Anywhere from 30 to 50% of that to 70% in some areas. Man, talk about food crisis, global-wide food crisis. I mean, we're not talking about just people starving in the Netherlands. We're talking about whoever they export to. Which is probably a lot of third-world countries. (laughs) Probably, that seems to be be the the, uh, trend. Let's just cut off the food to the the third-world countries. But... But all of this is in the name of equitable, right? Yeah, um, right. Sustainable Ironic, living, isn't it? Yeah. Let's just cut off the yeah. people that actually provide food to those people, so we can cut back on starving yeah. people somehow. Yeah. You know how you cut back on the starving people? Is you, <laughs> you let them all starve to death, right? And then we have less starving have people. Le- yes. I mean, it's it's simple math. Yeah. And I think I saw like a million minus a million is zero <laughs> immediately. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we'll cut the emissions down to zero, and we'll cut the starving people Doesn't get better down than that. to zero right and i saw like after like if all the countries like do this then they said that it's looking at like um i think they said like eight percent of the world will like have to go without food fantastic right fantastic i mean how much what percentage of the world is already going without food (laughs) yeah right it goes on to say it's not very rational to curb the Dutch agriculture if you realize that they have the highest production per acre in the world and therefore the environmental load per kilogram food is lower than elsewhere. And isn't the Netherlands supposed to be like one of the happiest countries in the world? I thought so, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, they got like freaking uh, windmill things, yeah. like not the ones you see here that are depressing as shit, like <laughs> yeah, the, wooden, the wooden ones. They yeah, Don't the, they have tulips? I think so, yes. Do they have the wooden clogs? I think they have the clogs. Okay, yes. I mean, it doesn't get happier. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're pissed <laughs> and off. And they, they weed, work. right? 
I don't know about that. I, they I got a smokeweed. Yeah. Says, so in a sense, Dutch agriculture is a benefit for climate as well as biodiversity because they actually have lower emissions per because they have higher production per like acre. Mm-hmm. So they're actually more efficient in their really? land use. So they actually do it right. Yeah, they they have more food per land than anywhere else huh. in the world. So supposedly they're actually better for interesting. Uh, yeah. So so why go after them? I don't know. Because they're so efficient. <laughs> says this is literally communism. Says Dutch political commentator Eva Vlardingerbroek. <laughs> I was just going to go for it. Uh, that was bold. <laughs> it says, if the state says we're going to take your private property away for the sake of the greater good, then the state has the prerog- prerogative to create crises to strip you of your rights. Is uh, it communism or is it democratic socialism? I Is there a difference? I don't know what what we're calling this now because it's, yeah. it's definitely corporatism. Yeah. We, we talked to... Uh, about a month ago, about corporatocracy mm-hmm. and how the mega corporations um, have s- like a small handful have so much voting power now that right. they can basically make any law to support yeah. themselves because they have so much voting power. Yeah. There's that just that powerful, and I I wouldn't even call that communism, like right. it, because communists hate corporations. Yeah. So it's like corporate socialism. Yeah, I, that that makes sense to me. I don't know. I don't even know. Uh, I think it's being masked as a form of socialism, it is. but it's more of a like a hierarchy. Like yeah, a, it is. Uh, what it, what do you call that? Where the kings and oh, peasants the, and the shit. Feudal, Cla- feudal yeah, system. Yeah, feudal system. Yeah, I, and, and it's masked in a form of some like uh, diverse socialism, like right. equitable socialism. Yeah. But it's really <laughs> the least, probably the least. I mean, it's equitable in the fact that we're all going to starve to death. <laughs> yeah, the, the majority of us will. They don't pick they, any winners or losers no, with that. No, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no sides here. We're yeah. all just going to be hungry. That's right. the end game, and they're they're up eating all right. of the meat and steak yeah. while we try to survive on crickets. So, as you can imagine, as I said, the farmers are pissed. Oh wow. Just, just a little piss. A little bit. There's protests been breaking out for the last uh, at least a month since, yeah. m- like mid June, somewhere in there. There's been uh, police shooting at tractors. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, they're they're comparing this to like the the trucker convoy of Canada. Oh, okay. Like it's this big right wing, yeah. okay, extremist, racist, uh, racist Nazis. I, I'm, I'm sure they were flying like Confederate flags oh, there yeah, in Holland. You know they were right. The Holland version. <laughs> yeah. What's the Holland version of <laughs> a Confederate flag? I don't even know. <laughs> I think it's the swastika. <laughs> Must be. So it's from CTV News. It says Dutch police shoot at a tractor during a night of farm protests. It says Dutch police shot at a tractor. During a heated night of protests and detained three demonstrators, the latest incident in a string of protests against the government plans to cut pollutant emissions that many farmers fear would hurt their livelihoods. So it's it's not, it's not like fearing. That well, it I mean, it is fear, but it's not like it's unfounded fear. It's well, not yeah, like, exactly. Well, they just like... have this uh, notion that yeah. Well, when the governor or the president, whatever the ho- ho- uh, Netherlands, not Holland, yeah. Netherlands, like top dog right. is there. I don't know it's what they have. Probably prime there. minister, secretary, yeah. something. When he comes out and says, yeah. <laughs> "You're not going to have a job," right. then it's not really unfounded fear yeah, at it, that point. Yeah, it is founded. Fear. It's pretty founded. It says police in northern Friesland said Friesland, Friesland, Fries, Friesland. 
I don't know. Fries land. Fries land. Fries land. There you go. That's where the fries come from. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Said Wednesday that no one was hurt in the incident that involved warning shots and direct targeting of a tractor that broke free from a line. That sounds <laughs> da- awesome. Damn tractors. <laughs> well, we got uh, one loose. <laughs> Apparently, the tractor was trying to drive through a barricade, and they uh, shot at it. So, and I didn't even know they had, like, the police had guns in the Netherlands. I, didn't, just I didn't think they were supposed to. I, I don't know. Maybe Could that's... you see them up there hitting it with the clubs? Yes. <laughs> because shots were fired, an official investigation into the incident was started. And then it goes into the, why this was all triggered and stuff. But but you see how this is getting out of hand for for the Netherlands, it's pretty out of hand. Yeah. I mean, for the yeah. United States, it's just another Tuesday. Right, yeah, exactly. But for the Netherlands, that's pretty serious. <laughs> What's really serious is this here. I mean, this is just badass here. Yeah. I mean, if these guys need to talk to the BLM guys because if you're going to protest, do it right. Go Absolutely. after the people that caused the problem, not, yeah. not, not, your, not neighbors, your neighbors, right. not, not the community, not the, the local businesses. Literally sling shit at the government that caused like all it. these problems in the first place. Because this is <laughs> Dutch farmers spraying manure on government buildings. That's awesome. And the Netherlands. If you can't see this, you can hear the shit spraying. And look at that. Is that not disgusting? That is. I like it. Imagine the smell. That's what they should have done January 6th. Right? So did you see all that? Yes. Was that, that, was was that not disgusting? That was gross. <laughs> that was, I mean, I just can't even imagine. Like, I don't even know if I'd want to partake in that protest <laughs> just because of the smell. I'd be like, huh? <laughs> I mean, just, just <laughs> video it for me. <laughs> Your flag fell down. Uh, again. I'll get it, Charlie. So... So that I mean, the Netherlands pr- at least protest right. Yeah, oh yeah, right. Like you said, they respect. could take some notes. But here. again, they're like comparing this to the the trucker thing. You know? Right. Yeah. They're blasting Tucker Carlson for jumping oh, on board. Course. They're blasting the right wing for making up this conspiracy theory that this is part of the Great Reset. When there's a good chance this is uh, part of the Great Reset, <laughs> in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. No, I, I would. Agree <laughs> I mean, with I'm that. I'm crazy. I know yeah. this, but and but. Uh, the bottom line is there's something, there's some sort of agenda here, yeah. and yeah. it doesn't seem like it's a hey, let's make things better for people agenda. Yeah, absolutely, it's well, in the very least, if you want to call it some form of socialism or communism, it it's like the whole collectivist mindset of yeah. you know, yeah, this is gonna screw some people over, but for the overall good of the world. I mean, we're right. talking about climate collectivism yeah. now. We're not even talking about people collectivism. Right. It's like for the good of the planet. Yeah. We but, all got to be a little hungry. But I would argue that there's about maybe 30% of the people out there would be like, wow, that that this is a great idea. Oh, I'm sure. We need to do this. Yeah. I mean, what, what's 8% of the population? I, you you right? research this stuff, and yeah, they, they I mean, they are praising like the all these restrictions on oh, yeah. uh, uh, synthetic fertilizers, all these restrictions on farming mm-hmm. techniques and stuff, which let me just admit right now, I know that our farming techniques are shit. Yeah, like we rape the land right completely for <laughs> for probably a century at least right since the invention of synthetic fertilizer or uh, synthetic pesticides or anything just put the name synthetic on right. it uh, and throw it in the agriculture industry. Yes, we have raped 
their land. Yeah. Ever since corporations kind of took over the farming industry, we have raped the yeah. soil for what it is. But you can't just decide to flip that switch off well, and be like, hey, we're, we're going back, guys. Right. And, but also, it's like with technology being what it is, right? Mm-hmm. All the amazing things we can do. Don't you think that they could find better ways to do things, right? Instead uh, of just saying, that's it. You guys are done. Well, I feel like, and I'm going to get into this, I feel like they are coming up with <clears throat> certain techniques that meet these standards that not everybody's going to be able to afford yeah. or have access to. Right. Which, again, will... Kind of like the electric car thing, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's just like, it's like well... Sorry, you can't produce your meat, you know, but yeah. if you would buy an electric cow... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's only like $10 million right. for this uh, yeah. th- this form of farming. Uh, yeah, you get on with these standards that are the only standards approved by the, the yeah. world government. Um, then, yeah, you can continue farming, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to buy in, and you got to pay the patent fees, which right. uh, which are exorbitant. And, and I, I've read that they've already like, like the the fees for for like farming are already like through the roof this year. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I mean, just like again, fertilizer. I mean, grain. I mean, parts for tractors, whatnot. All of that, the prices are way up, mm-hmm. and so it, it's hard for the family farm to be able to afford these times. Yeah, and I, I think that's rather intentional. Oh, absolutely, to make it, it is. unaffordable for the common folk out here, yeah. and only leave it into the hands of a small few, which yeah. is already kind of what it is. I mean, there's right. four. I'll, I'll get into the numbers, but there's like four c- corporations that have such a uh, freaking saturation in the market yeah. that owns so much of the market in the ag industry that it's like how they how they've uh, got around freaking uh, like antitrust and monopoly right. laws guess as good as yeah. mine that comes back to the mega corporations that are so big that can just basically vote policy yeah. that make write the policies to benefit themselves well and you know the benefits for that or the the uh, workaround for the small time farmer who can't afford to farm anymore right yeah is they can now rent their land out to yeah. solar farms oh to yeah, bring in of the, course they can rent their land out so then they can put their solar dishes out there for a save 30 years yeah right and then t- they would sit out there for 30 years and then they get their land back. And what's that land produce? After well, that? and that's the thing that the scientists haven't really disclosed yet. But a lot of reports say that it rapes the land and makes it totally unfarmable for for the rest of the hundred years. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there. I mean, there's that option. <laughs> I mean, that's a good idea. So you sent me this article, and I think I already had it too. Yeah. This one's called "The World War on Farmers," and this one just kind of sets the stage for what my thinking is on a lot of this. Um, this yeah. this is the one I focused a lot on uh, in my research and then branched off from there because this one says a lot here. Yeah. This one kind of um, should open your eyes to what may actually be going on with with all this farm shit. So this is just an op-ed from the Washington Times. It says, Today, due to rapping, rapidly increasing food prices and shortages of supplies, humanity is facing the worst hunger crisis the world has seen in decades. Shocking. I mean, we might have mentioned that a little bit ago. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. These are unprecedented times. Of course they are. I love that word. Warns the UN. To compound matters, a recession appears to be just around the corner. Why, then, are farmers being prevented from doing their jobs? Without farmers, the world would collapse. Farming is arguably the world's most important profession. Right now, it's under attack. I mean, I don't even think it's 
you could say it's argu- arguably. I was going to say, who would argue that? <laughs> I think it's absolutely. Maybe yes. the scientists that produce synthetic meat in a lab, they're like, oh, we could do Maybe, that. Yeah. We could. We, right. we got you. We got you. This burger's synthetic uh, lab <laughs> Petri 2 burger is going to taste just as good. Those as are that. the same people that say the Beyond Burger tastes just as good as a real Whopper. Yes. <laughs> Which both are crap. Yes. But the real Whopper at least tastes like food. Yes. On June 28th. <laughs> Back to the... All right, all right, all right, all right. Back to the Whopper, all right? <laughs> okay, So here we the, go. The, this Impossible Whopper is supposed to be this, like, healthy alternative right. to the real Whopper. If you look at it, it's got, like, pretty much exactly as many calories, number one. Number two, as overly processed as the actual Whopper is, how processed and, like, synthesized and, like, how many, like, man-made chemical processes have to go into effect to make this pile of soy shit taste similar, even close to an actual burger. And how healthy do you think that is to your body? Not very. No. No. Like we talked with, uh, what was the... What was the... Oh, yeah, the, uh, the nutritionist. Jay, Jay, Jay something. Yes, I can't Jay. think of his name. Jay. His name is Jay, but he's talking about how um, seed oils and mm-hmm. things like that that are artificially synthesized out of seeds. Yeah, it sounds natural. It's a seed oil. Great. But you douse these seeds in chemicals to extract some kind of oil out of yeah. it. It's not good for you. Right. It sounds like a healthy alternative to meat or like like meat Bacon oils. Grease. like Yeah, like uh, animal fats right. and oils. But the process, it goes. You're you're taking a substance that was not meant for human consumption. Right. That was originally a like a byproduct of like a burn off product right. of some other plant. Yeah, like some other not like plant. soy or something. Yeah, it, well, it was like the waste product. Yeah, it was bio waste, is what it was. Right. And they turned around. The the, the founders of Crisco turned around and like, I bet we can make this right. into food. Yeah, we can and use we, this. We could pro- we could profit off of this by feeding it to people and saying it's healthy. Shannon says, "LOL, soy shit." Yes, I mean everything <laughs> soy based is soy shit. Shannon. Yes. Um. So then you look at like the Impossible Burger that yeah. is not a burger in any yes. <laughs> respect to the name. Yes. And just imagine all the chemical processes that had to go into mm. forming that. And this is what, I mean, they're talking about saving the world from hunger through use of synth- synthesized meat. Right. Yeah. That's how they're going to, it's just like, and, and it's based gonna, on what testing though. Right. Like exactly. what long-term testing back to like the vaccines and stuff. It's right. like what long-term testing yeah. on how this, how does our body uh, process this? Right. Because soy, your body, soy is terrible for your body. Absolutely, yeah. Soy, like, uh, blocks protein. Uh, testosterone. Well, it blocks testosterone, but it also blocks the, th- the like, recept- the, the pockets or holes that, that are absorb good protein. Sure. It fills those holes, and it's it does nothing for your body. But it yeah. fills those holes that need protein. Right. And blocks it from good protein. Body doesn't in your know body. what to do with it. Yeah, it, it's just like, oh, protein. Let's let's absorb this, and then when you put real protein in, it's like has nowhere to go because it's filled with all this soy shit. Right. That's back to Shannon. Um, that <laughs> isn't good for you. That has no nutritional value to you. So that's my soapbox of the Impossible Whopper. I, I was hoping to get you on a soapbox <laughs> yes. with the Impossible. Whopper. I tried to try to move. <laughs> I know on. you did, but I knew, but it was stuck tried in to there. Move on. All right, so back to this article. Says on June 28th, according to Bloomberg, hundreds of furious Dutch farmers gathered to protest the government's nitrogen reduction target. 
However, as the investigative journalist Kit Knightley recently highlighted, the idea that Dutch farmers were protesting emission targets was a massive lie by omission. He's right. Uh, the Netherlands is home to thousands of dairy farmers and over one and a half million dairy cows and calves. Moreover, the ne Netherlands is the EU's largest exporter of meat. The reduction of emissions, as Mr. Knightley so rightly pointed out, actually means reducing the number of pigs, chickens, and cows by about 30%. So they want them to actually, yeah. ideally, kill off right. like a third of their stock, right. their, their, their cattle. The author believes that we are now witnessing a deliberate shrinking of the farming sector. It's difficult to disagree. What do you think of that statement there? That's scary. I mean, I've always considered, you know, agriculture, farmland, whatever. I mean, farmers, I mean, that's like a vital natural well, it's resource. it's already shrinking naturally well, on its it, own. It is, like they on its own, like you said. how so many farmers are already getting out of business right. at an unhealthy pace because right. it's not really profitable. Well, it's not, and they make it harder, especially, again, you know, you got, like, um, the, the inheritance tax. Mm -hmm. You know, if a farmer passes away... I mean, their farms are their their property left behind is so greatly taxed by the government right. that there there's not really a lot left to leave for the family. So now let's speed this up, this uh, shrinking of the farming sector, and mm -hmm. say, hey, uh, y'all, just just go ahead and quit your jobs. Yeah, says uh, it's difficult to disagree. After the U.S., the Netherlands is the world's leading agricultural producer. I didn't know that. I did not exporting vegetables, meat, and dairy products to millions of people. The livelihood of thousands of Dutch farmers hangs in the balance. Considering the world is in the midst of a food crisis, one that is projected to increase in severity over the next 12 months, now is not the time to stop farmers from doing their jobs. Yeah. Gee, I, who would have thought? I mean, right? we, we didn't think of that. I know. And at all. Of course, we didn't go into politics school. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, but try telling that to the Dutch government. And while you're at it, try conveying the same message to the Biden administration. Meanwhile, in the U.S., farmers, were told, we are told, are the backbone of America. However, the current administration clearly thinks otherwise. Last year, the administration added agricultural land to the Conservative Reserve Program. Under the controversial program, farmers are now encouraged to leave the land fallow. On a closer inspection, the program is part of a broader government-wide push to halve greenhouse gas emission by 2030. Hmm. Agenda 2030, right. great reset type stuff. So the government is encouraging farmers to just leave the land alone. Yeah. What happens? Historically, what happens when you go from farming and farming and farming and raping and pillaging the land to just deciding to not? Yeah, it just... Has this ever happened in history? I don't think so. Yes. The Great Depression. Oh, that's right. The, the Great Dust Depression. Bowl. The, Dust the Dust Bowl. Bowl. Yes. Yes. The land just dust. decides, fuck you. Right. I'm done. Because, I'm not going to produce anymore. Yeah, because we, we put in all this artificial stuff that killed off right. the ecology of that land to begin with, right. that killed off all the weeds and the natural stuff there. Right. Um, and then the Great Depression hit, and farmers were like, well, I don't have the money to farm this, right. and they didn't farm it. And yeah, it just turned into like arid wasteland yeah. and the dust bowl happen and imagine that now look go drive across like 15 minutes out through iowa and look at how much agricultural land is there yeah. com probably compared to 100 years ago during right. the great depression there's probably like so much more land that's developed and yeah. like produced like corporate agriculturally produced 
and just try telling them to shut that off. Right. I mean, we it would be like we'd have dust bowls here in freaking Iowa. Absolutely, yeah. hands down. I mean, that's supposedly how <laughs> the I I mean, I don't know this, but supposedly how the Sahara Desert became the Sahara Desert is because of irresponsible agriculture hmm. because apparently it was like super fertile. Really. And they just raped the land. They didn't have all the the brain knowledge that we have now to like do crop rotation stuff. So they sucked all the nutrients out of the soil. It stopped producing. It said "fuck you," and turned into a desert. I mean, again, I don't know that, but right. I I've read that in a book. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shannon says polit- politics <laughs> school. Yes, <laughs> politics school. I like it. <laughs> so, <clears throat> or again, they could rent it out to a solar company. Yeah, which would make it even worse. Right. So it goes on to say, uh, in California, home to 124,000 farmers, people are being paid to not grow crops. A peculiar move considering the Golden State is responsible for a quarter of the nation's crops and two-thirds of the nation's fruit and nuts. As a modern farmer... As modern farmers Shia Swanson noted, this year, because of the new scheme, 35,000 acres of rich rice fields in northern Central Valley will remain unused. That sounds horrible. So this isn't just the Netherlands that's yeah, happened. That's we're California. Just, we're just paying people to stop farming right now. Right, yeah. Well, the UK apparently is actually paying farmers to stop farming in the midst of a food crisis, right. obviously. Says across the pond in the UK, the government remains entirely committed to helping farmers leave the industry. In a rather interesting statement released earlier this year, the UK government assured any farmer wishing to leave the industry that they would be rewarded with a one time lump sum payment. In return for the payment, farmers will surrender their entitlements and be expected to either rent or sell their land or surrender their Tennessee. Jeez. In order to create real opportunities for new farmers, it says. Hmm. Like, we're paying old farmers to get the yeah. fuck out. Right. Then they're going to... To open it up to it, 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 new it farmers. It is like the, the feudal system. Yeah. They're going to parse it out to family to, to work the land. And it, you know it's going to get snatched up by corporations. Oh, That's yeah. all it's going to do. Yeah. Um. It says... More on the word new in a minute. It says, again, when we acknowledge the fact that we are in the midst of a food crisis and the U.K. is a key player in the global food sector, now seems like an odd time to introduce such a program. The U.K. exports thousands of tons of lamb, beef, and chicken a year. Exports of beef from the U.K. to Japan, for example, are worth 1.78 million pounds, or more than $2 million back when this was written, so probably like right. less now. Which begs the question... As governments tear down the traditional ag sector, what will they replace it with? This brings us back to the word new. Traditional farming is being replaced by organic farming, which sounds fantastic. Right. Like, I'd much rather eat organic food that doesn't oh, isn't pumped yeah. full of all the steroids, right. isn't pumped full of all the, uh, the pesticides and, and shit. Yeah, genetically altered. But do you really think genetically no. altered is going to not be part of that, though? Yeah, no. It, it can't be. They can't be, yeah. <clears throat> That's why they don't, like, GMO corporations don't have to put GMO on their labels right. because they will consider or continue to consider it probably organic mm-hmm. under these restrictions because they have all the voting power. It says, however, it's important to remember many revolutions aren't successful. To many... Co- Commentators, organic farming sounds fantastic. 
Uh, on a closer inspection, though, the holistic approach to farming appears to be lacking in substance. As Dr. Henry Miller, a well-respected public policy researcher previously noted, organic farming might work well for small communities, which I'm fine going back to that. If we yeah. want to go back to small community-level right. farming, that's that fine. Too. But there goes globalism out the window, and right. they're not going to go no. with that. No. says its farms produce far less food. Organic farming typically yields 20 to 50% less than conventional agriculture. Hmm. So you're going to feed 20 to 50% less people with right. the same amount of land. Yeah. Again, I am all about organic farming, right. but you can't just flip a switch on a system yeah. that's been in place for 100 years right. and say, all right, guys, go for it. Right. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. We got this. <clears throat> so. Thoughts, comments on that so far? Well, again, it's just irresponsible, you know. And again, it's what they're doing with the whole energy thing is that they're just trying to do an automatic switch without thinking of all the consequences. Like you said, thinking about is it even possible to go from this to that? You know, how long is it going to take to transition? I mean, these are just things that nobody thinks of. They well, just, they, I think they've thought of them. Well, but they just don't care. They, they don't care, or maybe ominously, they want those things to happen. Well, and, and that's. That's probably Again, true too. If you kill off twenty to fifty percent of the world, then right. problem solved. You know, right. yeah. I mean, the problem is overpopulation. So just turn those people right. off. Yeah, and then you, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. I mean, it's it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Where am I at? Where am I at? Obviously. Obviously, people are tying this to the Great Reset because... Yeah, how that, could you not? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's everything that they talk about. I, how do you how do you pull this off in a food crisis, though? Like, how, how, does, how do you make you this... You shouldn't be able First to. of all, how do you justify this in a food crisis? Well, you, yes, I get that they say, well, this is going to be, in the end, better, and more right. people are going to get to eat better yeah. foods, but... Again, down to like what's going on right now. How do you Again, justify? You, you you blame it on everything else that's going on, right? Well, these are changes we've had to make because of Russia and Ukraine. These are changes we've had to make because of global warming or because of the the cows dying. These are changes we've had to make. I mean, and, and you make it an, a national emergency, right? You got to come back and be like, this has to be done, or else, or else, you know, all this land's probably going to be burned up and useless in thirty years, mm -hmm. right? Well, again, when it comes down to what gets people pissed off the most, food is at the top, yeah, pretty high up on that list. You're not going to make these policies without people like pulling up freaking Netherlands, right? I mean, the last country I'd expect to spray shit all over government buildings <laughs> is Netherlands. Netherlands and Canada, and would Canada, be the other which one. Canada is probably going to be <clears throat> the next because they just talked about that bill today mm -hmm. that Trudeau, Trudeau is trying to pass it. Yeah, they're, they're trying to cut fertilizer. Down to whatever by fifty percent or something yeah. like that too. So yeah, I mean, after they they had a meeting of all the territorial, uh, I don't know what you call them, governors, and uh, they told them not to bitches. They're called bitches. Yeah, <laughs> though, I'm sure. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's right. And then and Trudeau said, okay, that sounds good. And then Trudeau go ahead and pushes this through anyways. And so they're all like, um, I thought we said we weren't going to do well, this. So many times we've seen, and all of these. Places that we've talked about, like the government's failing and stuff. It's like, it's always like, well, the general population said, no, don't do this. And the governor, yeah. governing bodies were like, yeah, we're going to do it. And then everything went to shit. And then the people were like, told you so. Now get the fuck out. Right. It makes you wonder, 
are they anticipating like the riots and stuff? Like, oh, I mean, sure. imagine the summer of 2020 multiplied across the right. globe, but based but, on food, not an right. idea, but not I ideology, mean, but food. Look at what I mean. How far did the the trucker um, revolution go in Canada? Right? right when they were coming up against them. I mean, did you ever hear of any real resolution? No. I mean, you know, Trudeau but again, came we're out... talking food, though. Right. I know. I know. But I'm just saying that it'll be the same thing. Trudeau will be like, "Oh, these guys are are they're racist. They're extremist." You know. But it makes you wonder if this is what they want. They want the people to get all pissy, and then they oh. can send in like like impose some sort of martial, martial law, law globally, and right. then they can just basically shut down everything. Yeah. And say, you know what, you guys, this is too much. Military is going to take over from here. We got this. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. We got your best interest out <laughs> yeah. here. Just so go there's, to sleep. There's only, there's only two possible reasons that my crazy brain could possibly think that they would be have such a timely manner of introducing these like very restrictive agricultural laws. Right. First one is, as we mentioned earlier, corporate consolidation. Of right. the resources of the farmland. I mean, you got Bill Gates buying up right. thousands and thousands of acres, hundreds of thousands of acres yeah. across the United States. Um, number two is some form of population control. I mean, those are the only, obviously, the only two and explanations. And both, I would say, are, are pretty or valid. Both. <laughs> yeah, it probably is both. And there's probably probably a little bit of both in there, but I'm going to talk about. I want to talk about both of those. So I'm going to break them both down a little bit. The first is obviously uh, the corporate consolidation. Um, it's been known in history that spe specifically in the agriculture, there's like some serious examples of like corporate takeover of the ag industry in very manipulative ways, right. very like evil and sinister, like Dr. Evil type ways. Like mega corporations taking over the the ag industry. Like I said, mm. four four freaking um, companies own so much percentage. Let me see. Let me see if I got that those numbers. So here's the concentration in agriculture. This is based on the website is from farmaid.org. Let me pull this this graphic up here. It says most sectors of the U.S. economy have concentration rates around 40 percent, meaning that the top four firms in the industry control 40 percent of the market. If the concentration ratio is above 40 percent, economists believe competition is threatened and market abuses are more likely to occur. The higher the number, the bigger the threat. So here's the ag industry. The top four companies own 84 percent of the beef industry. 66% of the hog industry, 59 poultry, 55% of the turkey industry, 70% of soybean, 80% uh, of corn, and 60% of all seeds. Wow. So anything over 40% is a threat to uh, yeah. to competition, is a threat to market abuse. And, and everything like is that. over 60 uh, Everything's over, like yeah, over 55% yeah. and higher, up upwards of 84% in the, in the beef industry. So you're looking at four companies that control... The uh, huge, powerful majority of the entire agricultural system. So, so you see how historically, I mean, this yeah. is the thing. So, um, I'm the way mega corporations work, and I've talked about this before. Is the same profit as last year is not profit at all. Right. Like, if I hit a profit of like ten million dollars this year, next year I need to hit. 15 million or something. Mm -hmm. If if I hit the same, that's like a net growth of zero, even right. though it's a $10 million profit. 
uh, the corporation looks at this and they're like, well, it's not a, you got to have a profit of profits. Right. And so they're 84% this year. Next year, they got to be at 86%. You know, they're, they're right. just yeah they trying to get more growing. power. Right. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> the biggest example is is the go-to, my go-to bad guy for the ag industry. Uh, talk about evil corporations. This is like the best example is Monsanto. Yes. Monsanto. Monsanto? I don't Monsanto. know. Monsanto. Monsanto. I mean, you think evil corporation, it's like their face. Oh, I yeah. think if you Google evil corporation, it just pops up Monsanto. That seems right. Super corporation. Like, yeah. At one point, control. I I can't remember the percentage that they controlled, but they controlled like a major percentage of the seeds and the major percentage of um, the uh, pesticide mm-hmm. uh, industry. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, they're they're not just ag businesses either. They're they're like developers of like some of the worst poisons known oh, to yeah. mankind. Uh they're they're most fam- one of their most famous being Agent Orange. They produce mm-hmm. Agent Orange during the uh Vietnam War because it, it's just a pesticide or like right. an herbicide is all it was marketed yeah. as. I mean we're still seeing oh yeah negative effects of the use of Agent Orange. Like my grandpa got cancer mm-hmm. three, four years ago yeah. because of Agent Orange used in Vietnam. Um their most notable Known chemical is Roundup. That's yep. the if if you don't yeah. if you haven't heard of Monsanto, you've surely heard of Roundup. Yeah, and then the the CEO is like, oh well, Roundup is completely harmless oh, to yeah. people. Yeah, oh, uh, they're um, what they said about it. I have it written down. It's uh, where'd it go? I don't know. I have oh, it's safer than table salt. Yeah, it's environmentally friendly and it's biodegradable. Yeah, and come to find out, it's not by any stretch safer than table salt. Um, it's not environmentally friendly, and it is by far not biodegradable. So, well, who was it? There was somebody who uh, actually poured put the CEO like a glass and was like, "Well, here, drink it." Then he's like, "Are you crazy?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about Roundup was this: um, Roundup, you can't couldn't just like it's a it's a super pesticide that I mean it just transform the ag industry but you can't just go out and spray it on your crops here like you couldn't just like go plant some organic corn and spray Mm -hmm. uh well first of all it wouldn't be organic anymore that's true (laughs) but it would kill that crop so what what monsanto did was they developed a they were the one of the first um genetic genetically modified gmo crops that was commercially sold so Mm -hmm. they developed their own corn that was resistant to their pesticide so they could you could plant their corn seeds or whatever bean seeds, whatever seeds right. that you bought, spray the shit out of it with Roundup, and it wouldn't f- affect your crops at all, right. minus the fact that you're probably giving everybody cancer. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it wouldn't affect. It wouldn't kill the crop. Like you could just, I mean, today go blanket it in Roundup and be like, you know, I'm not sure I did a good enough job. Go right. out tomorrow, blanket in more Roundup. It's not going to die. Yeah. Sounds reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. One thing this did was. It created, I didn't even know this was a thing, but it created super weeds because the weeds became resistant oh, to yeah. the Roundup. They mutated it, right? And Roundup was the, like the strong, besides Agent Orange, <laughs> Roundup was like the strongest, like, yeah. um, I don't know, like weed yeah. killer at the that, time. That explains my backyard. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I was actually thinking that. Man, there seems to be a lot of super weeds this year, but nothing, like, literally, unless they, like, 
oversaturated, which just I mean, you're you're talking and raping the the freaking ecology. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're killing every animal, plant, and living thing that's not yeah. that's not Monsanto seed right out on that land, yeah. and nothing else will probably grow anytime soon in that. So you're asking farmers to go stop farming. Yeah. Right. When nothing, it's like it's like we just set off Chernobyl in a cornfield, yeah. but we had these genetically modified things that would grow. Yeah. In radioactive material yeah. and now they're telling you to go natural yeah and <laughs> hey, try to hey grow... everybody go organic <laughs> yeah. i mean it's probably going to be a thousand years before <laughs> yeah, anything right. grows here because of chernobyl yeah but but yeah go for that it's a freaking great or don't plant anything right. and see how much freaking dust gets blown up so so not only did they produce these patented or are these GMO products, these seeds, GMO seeds, but they patented their seeds. Of course. They patented the DNA of their seeds. And the funny thing is, well, first of all, in their patent, when, when you buy their seed, you have to sign, as a farm, you have to sign a paper that says you will not like collect seeds from your plant and replant them. You have to continually buy their seeds. Well, that I mean, farmers were finding ways around that. Right. So then they genetically modified them to not produce seeds so now you just have to perpetually keep buying their seeds if you want anything to grow because i mean you're not gonna quit getting monsanto seeds now because like we said nothing is going to grow there yeah if you decide to switch because you chernobyled it um but you have to continually keep buying their seeds and they the market was so high that they can set their prices at whatever they want Yeah, of course on top of that evil corporation that they are they're, if they plant a field and you plant a field of non-Monsanto seeds next to it, and their plants cross-pollinate with your plants, they can sue you for because they own the, the patent for your oh. seeds now. So if you have seeds that have contain any of the DNA of their GMO products on your seed, what is going on? Things are popping up on my screen. <laughs> um, if you have seeds that have any trace of their genetic composition. Right. They own that. They own rights to that. So they would send they like were hiring up like former police officers and former state troopers. They they would literally trespass on your property, take a seed sample, go back and test it. And if they found traces of Monsanto DNA, their genetically modified DNA in yours, they would sue the shit out of the farmers and say, hey, we own the rights. We own yeah. that crop. That is our crop. That's our intellectual property. You stole this from us, even though all I did was plant my crop next mm-hmm. to yours, and yours, your crop raped my crops, basically. <laughs> I didn't right. give consent for your crop to <laughs> rape my crops. And now you're coming and taking both of them. Yeah, they would sue them yeah. for uh, um, basically saying they owned, like, the rights to that. It yeah. was basically they had to pay. Ro- the farmers had to essentially pay royalties for their crop yeah. to uh, Monsanto, <laughs> and Monsanto, being as powerful of lobbyists as they were, they I mean the Supreme Court like sided with oh, them, yeah. and we're like, yeah, I mean that's intellectual property. That's that's their yeah. that's their property that you are planting. You you owe them. Right. So essentially, the farmers would lose because they didn't have the money to fight it out in courts with a mega corp like mm-hmm. Monsanto. And then at the end of the day, they would turn around and lose their farm and probably to Monsanto farmers. Right. Yeah. So corporate takeover of the private sector. Yeah. There's plenty of examples of that out there. 
That's had you heard much about Monsanto? Have you read much about them? Yeah, I mean, same things you, you know, and um, also, you know, sued in a number of uh, class action mm. suits for, you know, cancer or Well, whatever. they covered up cancer caused by uh, Roundup for years, for yeah. decades. Like, yeah. basically, like, their workers would die and they mm. families would sue and they'd cover it up. And it finally came out in a class action. I think it was like three years ago was the first time yeah. I heard that Monsanto was in Roundup. Like, the first... I, have you been affected by uh, right. such and such cancer caused by yeah. the product? I saw Roundup. something pop up on Facebook today about that. And I was actually. like, that's creepy as shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, there was that. That that was finally their their downfall was something yeah. finally went through with these well, cancer Well, and they were the big lobbyers to make sure that GMO was not put on labels. Well, yes, too. yeah, exactly. So. They, they were the ones that pushed for that. The... Uh, um, Supreme Court legislation legislators or whoever was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, we're we're not gonna put GMO because um, that might make people question whether or not they the safety of the, this product they're putting out. So, so we don't want that. No, absolutely not. But we got to put like gluten free on products. Oh yeah, we got to right, put right. organic on products. Yeah, but right. neither of those probably mean anything. So uh, makes you wonder. How many of these like diseases? Speaking of gluten free, how many of these diseases that are more prevalent now that we'd never heard of oh, too yeah. much? Like, uh, what's the gluten allergy? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I know what you're talking. You know about. what I'm talking. I know about. what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, gluten allergies, yeah. um, or so right. the Th- things I never heard of when I was a kid, or like the prevalence now of uh, autoimmune disease yeah. diseases yeah. that were. I mean, maybe they just were misdiagnosed back then, right. but. But now it's just like everybody, and mm-hmm. it's like how much of this is to do with um, not only the treatments of the crops, but maybe even the yeah. the genetically modified crops that right. our bodies aren't used to, right? Aren't able to absorb. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, these are mutant crops that are like repel insects that yeah. repel. Uh, Chernobyl radioactivity, right. yeah. but we're it's supposed, it's supposed to be to good be okay for our eat. insides. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's supposed to like our our body, like the uh, the digestive chemicals in our body are supposed to break those yeah. down properly. But right. but radioactivity can't yeah, break right. them down properly. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, it's, that's scary, man. Yeah, it's real scary. So they they literally intentionally ran local seeds out. Out of business, um, like you can't even like oh, people it, will be so like, hard well, to get why don't, yeah, but they're like, well, why, why not just go buy something other than Monsanto? Right, where? Yeah, where are you gonna find them? Yeah, where are you gonna find it? And and they're so expensive oh, to yeah. find native seeds nowadays. I mean that they're hard to find. Right. So like, like like I like you said, finally the class action loss kind of. Undid them, so right. they they sold out to a much more ethical company known as Bayer. <laughs> you know the aspirin producers. Yes, aspirin, aspirin <laughs> producers. They're no, only good things from Bayer. Right. Yeah. I mean, you take a shitty company. How do you make it less shitty? You put. Do you take a company with a good reputation yeah. like Bayer, who is known for its invention of uh, mustard gas? Yeah. And heroin so so you take the inventor of saccharin and agent orange (laughs) and marry it with the inventor of mustard gas and heroin and we we, i mean we got a better company it's like 
the the em- don't worry the empire is gone here's the first order <laughs> so it, it it's just bizarre to me like yeah how, and and bayer's coming at like bayer is married to the wf they oh, are like absolutely major partner with the wf and they're like major producers of green efficient crops well, and stuff the only thing better than big ag is big pharma right well yeah uh that Back to what I was saying about like all these diseases that pop up. Well, who benefits from all these diseases? Right. Like, you ask yourself, why would a company like Bayer buy a company with so many um, litigations against yeah. it, like medical litigations against it? It's like, well, who's going to benefit from that other yeah. than the medical, the pharmaceutical right. company of Bayer? It's like. Hey, we can fix that. Yeah. Let's just throw drugs at it. Yeah, exactly. Let's just throw a treatment. Not <laughs> not, a, not cures, but treatments at you it. You got a gluten allergy? We got an app for that. <laughs> it's like, wow, you you developed a way to give people diseases? <laughs> yeah. That's and, ironic. Like perpetually give people diseases. <laughs> we could profit off of that. Yeah, right. We could profit I mean, we we could continue to give them your diseases. It's not we're not gonna shut you up. No. Don't no, be ridiculous. Don't, don't be, no. We're gonna continue this... to produce your diseases while we produce the treatments, not yes. the cure. The treatments no, no, for those No, no, not the diseases. cure because it's got to be recurring treatments. Obviously. Yes, for the rest of their life. I mean, indefinite amounts yes. of money. Yeah. That would flow into that. <laughs> it's freaking Yeah. You, you can't make this stuff up. No, it's I mean, absurd. it's a freaking plot of a of Captain Planet. Yes. <laughs> so, th- this article talks about uh this is from 2016 when Bayer was taken over in Monsanto. It says, "Monsanto takeover by Bayer. Good or bad?" I'm gonna I'm gonna just go with go bad. Back. I'm just gonna go with bad on this one. This one talks a little bit about it. It says uh, from the merger of the German chemical company Bayer and the U.S. seed breeders Monsanto germinates a superpower in the field of seeds and pesticides. So so Bayer already had a market in you in in seeds in oh. Germany. I'm pretty sure. Oh. And they are well maybe not seeds, but they already had a market in the pesticide chemicals at least. So you. Th- merge them together, you now consolidate even further because you take two of the big players and you make them a super player. It says, together they control over a whopping quarter of the world market to the dismay of environmental groups and farmers. What I read is Bayer now owns 29% of the seeds of the world. Holy shit. And 24% of the pesticides of the world. Collectively. Like, wow. major, <laughs> major uh, market share yeah. there says, what can farmers and consumers expect of this controversial deal in the future? The acquisition of Monsanto and Bayer is the largest foreign acquisition ever for a German company. The deal was total, had a total value of $66 billion. It's a bold step for Bayer, which thus takes over one of the most controversial companies in the world. Um, it talks about how there's they were established in 1901 it says they had a bad reputation because they are the forefront of genetic manipulation of crops the extortion of farmers in the third world we didn't even cover that oh because gosh, that's yeah. that's basically what this is all about is mm-hmm. extortion of <laughs> private farmers and the development of agent orange a defoliant that claimed many ca- casualties in the vietnam war and in fact still takes victims in the form of ongoing genetic abnormalities in the affected region the German pharmaceutical company itself, founded in 1863, uh, is not c- uncontroversial either. The company is well known for its painkiller aspirin, but it also is the inventor of mustard gas and the addictive drug heroin. <laughs> Whoever benefited from heroin and mustard gas except the producer? <laughs> 
Um, it says, what does it mean for food safety? The acquisition it says government officials say consumers don't have to worry that in future there will be higher amounts of pesticides in their fruits and fruits and vegetables because the legal standards are set by governments and includes the maximum residue limits. Oh, good. That yeah. makes me feel much better. But it wouldn't be the first time legislation are changed out of sight of the praying eyes of the general public. Bayer and Monsanto together have a great political power, the lobbyists that operate behind the scenes. Thus, they can influence legislation such as the import of genetically modified organisms, or GMOs, in the United States, or influence the monitoring systems. The rules can be bypassed in many ways at any time when big money is involved. And we're talking big, big money here says the merger may have negative consequences for farmers around the world because there is less to choose. In addition, Bayer and Monsanto can increase the price of seeds and pesticide due to the lack of competition. So we already have inflation. So let's merge these companies together. Right. And now we can just increase the price to whatever the fuck we want because yeah. we own all of it. Because, you know, far pharmaceutical prices are, are just as reasonable as anything else. Oh, yeah, obviously. Says that mega deal can also be detrimental for the environment. So we've got we've got Bayer who is married to the WEF. Yeah. Mar like joining forces with this land raping company known as Monsanto. Says Monsanto produces crop seeds that are resistant to pesticides, while any other plant organism plant or organism dies from it. Farmers can be encouraged to use even more pesticide just to be sure because their crops remain intact in any case and thus creating super weeds from the natural weeds on the long run. Similar as with insects. Oh, now we're going to have super bugs too. <laughs> Fuck. Maybe that's where all these ridiculous mosquitoes are coming from lately. I mean, we already are releasing genetically modified oh, mosquitoes yeah, right. in the world. Um, it says it curbs innovation because they control the majority of the markets. Um, I, I see no advantage to this. It says the concentration of power of Bayer and Monsanto might have a positive side. Seed breeding requires a lot of research, which is very expensive and involves a lot of technology. Large companies can do research faster and more efficiently than small companies and thus accelerate the breeding process. That's not reassuring. No, it's not because, <laughs> again, they're going to patent those. It's yeah. not like they're doing the research yeah, for the— It's not for the good of mankind. No, it's not like they're just open sourcing the research. Yeah. Their research to other companies are just right. on like out on like the freaking internet somewhere. Yeah. No, it's like, well, yeah, you can use our studies here for a fee right. by yeah. buying our seeds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Says ups the upscaling can indeed lead to more efficient agriculture with just a few giga farms running the country's food supply. That's again a not a good thing. Uh, no. Well, how is that under the, the advantages <laughs> section yeah, here? Yeah, Right. Like, just the word gigafarm sounds, I know. <laughs> sounds pretty terrifying to me. Oh, my gosh. So so that's this merger between Bayer and um, Monsanto, which, again, how, how, will, how will a company like that, though, that is known for raping and pillaging the land, right. how are they going to benefit from these green... Laws. Well, like, I, do do they just get? Are they just like, oh fuck, we shouldn't have bought Monsanto because these laws came out. No, they they. I'm sure they they've got lobbyist assurance that that they'll be okay. I'm sure they helped so, write the laws. Oh, they, exactly. They probably write wrote the laws because they know they can make the transitions and yeah. they'll be fine. Uh, we got to get into a break here, but that's 
that's like my whole thought is uh, mega corporations, like super corporations like that, like we saw in during the lockdowns and during yeah. COVID. Right. The ones that were able to weather the storm were the ones that had enough money yeah. to be able to shift quickly mm-hmm. and efficiently to or already had certain uh, like online distributing in place. Right. The the ones that could afford to bend a little bit and take a little bit of right. a cut without like yeah. a couple million dollars hitting like Walmart, it's not going to affect it. Like a couple million dollars hitting mom and pop's shop right. at the store. And all they did was those stores went out of business. Now the mega corporations. Or they took money from the government. Or they took money from the government and then got in bed with the government. Right. Uh, but if they did shut down, I mean, the market share just got, the market just got smaller and yeah. more consolidated because people got to buy their shit somewhere. Yeah, right. If mom and pop shops shuts down, then I guess we go to Walmart. We go right. to Amazon. We and go it, yeah. wherever. It'll be the same thing with these farms. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. It's yeah. like, um, that's why I think companies like Bayer, probably help write the laws. It's like, you know, how can we run those people out of business? How can we make it just hard enough that they can't right. stay in business and then we just yeah. capture more of the market They either share? have to, to, you know, rent their land off to solar or they have to, you know, sell off to Monsanto. Yeah. Well, they are not. <laughs> we are due, overdue for a break. Um, I'm going to come back, talk a little bit more about... Uh, I think I got a little more on Bayer, but I, then I want to get into the second part, my second theory, which is like bringing on some sort of population control through all of this. Because, yeah. I mean, whether intentional or unintentional, this is going to lead to some form of population oh, yeah. control because people are going to starve to death. That just happens when you stop producing food. Right. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, three, four or five minutes. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking about this War on the farmers, war on the food, war, just war. war. On, on. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. We'll be right back, and then we'll keep talking about this. Goodbye. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi. I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remso W. Martinez, at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remster W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net.
Alright, we are back. What are your thoughts so far on... It's pretty scary, actually. I well, mean, this is uh, my first theory, which is the, the corporate kind of consolidation of yeah. farmland, which is probably which, the easiest... It's probably yeah. the easiest argument to make because well, it, it, it's just there. Yeah, right. And, yeah, it's the one with the most evidence towards it. But it still goes towards the WEF's plan for the Great Reset, which is the consolidation of resources and kind of ensuring that the, the you know those with power you know, are the ones that kind of get the resources. Well, it's like they look at... I'm not saying Monsanto was part of the World Economic Forum by any no. stretch, but it's like they see these class examples and then they see ultimately how they failed, but put all the mega benefits and the consolidation of power and wealth yeah. and and land and resources that they accomplished. Yeah. And then they're like, you know what? We, we could do that. But right. like I said, Monsanto failed so bad, so they had to be bought out. But why Bayer? Like, how did <laughs> Bayer become right. the and face be like, of... Hey, you know what would be great if we got into agriculture? Well, yeah. And how, again, how did they become some sort of face of um, but, climate... Right. Goodness. Yeah. But but when you think about, like, controlling the wild cards, mm. I mean, it's the small farmer. Right? Oh, yeah. It's the guy that's selling his corn on the side of the road. Yeah. Right? The guy that, hey, come buy part of a cow from me, right? I mean, those are the guys that, you know, I mean, how does the government regulate that? They don't. Right. They just make sure that they can't do it. Well, that's why weed hasn't been legalized, because they can't right. figure out how to federally tax it. So. Yeah. And, and not have people growing it in their basements. Yeah. So back to a little bit more about the, this corporation stuff. Um, there's this whole concept. I'm not going to get into the article of biopiracy is what it's called. It was like a form of colonialism, which is it, it was where a like a developing country or a small third world country would have some sort of resource, like a medicinal value, like a plant or okay. something, and like a make a like a corporation from a mega country would come in and patent that plant that they've been utilizing for for thousands of years. Right. All of a sudden, they're like, no, this is ours. This is our intellectual property, and now you got to pay us to, to use it. Right. And, I mean, that that's colonialism from, like, mega country to small country. Now we're talking, like, almost like colonialism. But Isn't not that the plot for Avatar? <laughs> basically, yeah. But it's almost like it's a form of colonialism, but we're not talking, like, on a country scale. Right. I'm not even sure what you'd call it because yeah. it's, like, it's like what we talk about if there's a civil war here. Like, where would the lines be drawn? Like, how, how do you define colonialism right. at this level? Because there's no defined lines. It's just, like, it's NGOs that aren't regulated like government bodies are right. that are <laughs> colonizing the GOs or the, the Gs, <laughs> right. the, go the governments and the, the countries and, and stuff. It, it's like yeah. NGOs have just found their way because they have this ominous dominus title i'm a non-governmental organization right. they found their way to um skirt the rules write the rules and right. be considered humanitarians because right. if you come off as a humanitarian or a world saver you can basically do whatever the fuck right. you want and you are also powerful enough to write the regulations like things like uh build back better like yeah. have this sort of encompassing agenda that that 
merges down to the local level of laws, and you can colonize, and you can also take over, like like I was like bio based bio piracy yeah. of the the crops worldwide, and the resources worldwide. Well, that and the the NGOs are often affiliated with you know the those three big corporations. Yeah. That yeah, they just run everything. Circle, it, we talk about them cycling yeah, in. Victoria Newland, like you know, she was part of. Uh, I think it was BlackRock before she went. Ended up going into NED. Yeah, and then now is in the government. It's yeah. like that big cycle. I mean, yeah, Black BlackRock's kind of another example, or Blackstone, one of the two. Yeah. I don't know, but like when a crisis happens, they go in and like capitalize off it. Mm-hmm. Like these are the mag- like during the housing crisis, went in and bought up a bunch of houses. And then turn around and rent them and raise or raise the housing costs, like make it so you basically can't buy anything because there's nothing available. And then they turn around and rent it out for like fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. Those those were the people that remember that we watched the video where they're walking through the trailer court and Mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, I mean, these trailer courts are great investments because you can charge them whatever you want if the people don't like it. It's not like they're going to be able to afford to move their house off, so they're either stuck here or you own their house now. Right, yeah. So so it's a win-win for us, and it's just like... Yeah, what a shitty atmosphere. Yeah, that, that, uh, I don't know, that's like serial killer mindset. Yeah, it is. um, Narcissistic, um, on so many, it's like so far, it's like, I don't know, psychopathic, I don't know. Yeah. It's ridiculous is what it is, but... um, but same similar type of corporation that like capitalizes on a crisis such as um, the housing crisis and just made it that much harder for everybody to live a comfortable life and they're they're profiting off it and you got companies like these mega food corporations that are gonna in the end their their game is to profit off of a food crisis because they want to be the feeders of the world it's not because uh, it it's in the goodness of their hearts to this like philanthropical like notion to mm-hmm. to feed humanity. No, it's hey, I can find a way to profit off of this. Right. I can find a way to make money off of your your starvation. Right. Yeah. By by owning all the seeds, I I can feed the world. It's a like on a small scale. Haiti when right. Haiti happened and we, we made billions of dollars shipping our rice to Haiti. Yeah. And because right. the our government paid the rice corporations here in the U.S. or wherever we get it yeah. from, and we we just made billions oh, of dollars. All the charities, like I said, I don't, I can't tell you how many, you know, um, Christian young Christian weekends I sat in where they did fundraisers uh-huh. from people to to get them to buy buy rice and beans for Haiti. Right, right. And we just <laughs> ra- fucked their economy totally yeah. because of it. <laughs> And now they're just dependent on our free rice and beans for yeah. eternity because they just let their rice fields right. go to shit. Yeah, which is basically what they're telling us to do mm-hmm. here. What they're telling yeah, that, and that's the Netherlands to do. Yeah, and that's what we talked about. You know, Haiti and Sri Lanka are are have just been these mass experiments. Yeah, and, and that's what they want to do to the rest of the developed world. Well, just like the whole concept of, um, like stop like. The organic growing or the mm-hmm. cutting back on fertilizer, cutting back on the use of synthetic fertilizer because that's what's that's the ba- big problem is right. the synthetic fertilizers, the nitrogen release, and all of this stuff. It's like, what's stopping uh, somebody like Bayer from producing the only crop, the only GMO that can withstand low amounts of fertilizer? Right. 
And so only their seeds can survive and the strict regulations that are imposed by mm. that's what that's what I was talking about at the beginning. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody like Bayer is helping write these laws. Yeah. It's like get them down to twenty percent because right. we found a way. Oh yeah, and our it's it's proprietary. Obviously, we found a way to produce with twenty percent fertilizer. Yeah. No other crop can withstand that low, but yeah. ours can. So right. everybody obviously will have to. Yeah. Purchase our seeds because yeah. they're the only one. I mean, it's same thing that Monsanto did. You think Bayer's doing any different? No, no absolutely. I mean, their their whole jump on board with the WEF. Like, this was an article on the World Economic Forum's website written by Bayer. It's titled "The Global Food System Is in Crisis." Here's how we can stop a humanitarian disaster. And it's probably just you know what, just innovation. It always comes out like innovation, more right. innovation to. Um, withstand the climate yeah. changes. Like they right. were talking, remember they were conveniently around the time the cows all died of heat, they were developing genetically modified cows yep. yeah. that it? could withstand heat. Wasn't it Bill Gates that was that working was, on that? Uh, oh, no, he, no. It was, it was um, Bill Gates was conveniently working on synthetic baby formula. Yeah. Right. <laughs> synthetic breast milk. Yeah, yes. Right. And um, somebody else was developing some kind of yeah. uh, GMO cows that yeah. could withstand the high temperature right. increase and yeah. just conveniently around that right. same time that that happened it's funny how that always happens. yeah so so when bayer's coming out it's like guys we got to be more innovative it's like you already have this plan in motion yeah. because in this article they're like we're already like like 30 percent towards our goal we've already started towards our goal the whatever net zero yeah uh nitrogen or not nitrogen co2 emission do you know what I mean? Do they actually want zero nitro or CO two emitted, or yeah. is net zero just what the plants? Because if there's zero yeah. coming out, all the plants are going to fucking die anyway. Right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. if it's net zero, I guess the plants are reusing them right. out. Yeah. So yeah, it's I, net zero. I don't know. It's probably zero that they want because right. they're idiots like yeah. that. So. Um, if we can just get rid of the people. Yeah. <laughs> is it out of the question to think, though, that Bayer's already produced a low fertilizer oh, no, resistant not at all. Yeah. crop? Yeah. It would not surprise me whatsoever. And, well, they, I think Bayer, it was Bayer that already produced a short stock corn that could withstand all these mega derechos that we keep <laughs> conveniently having all of a sudden. All of a sudden. Yeah. Bayer's like, you know what? We can fix this. Because yeah. you remember all the corn stocks laying down after the derecho right. here? Yeah. Bears like yeah, bears probably paying the people that are shooting the shit in the sky to make derechos happen, <laughs> yeah, so they sure. can be like, people will buy our seeds. Yeah. I mean, it's not out of the question to think a corporation would do something and write some laws to end the competition completely oh, yeah. because of regulation, because corporations do it all the time. Oh, Again, absolutely. They're, they're subsidiary. Monsanto did it yeah. for decades right. and put so many farms out of businesses just by making something that just ended the competition completely. Mm -hmm. So let's get into my other theory, which is the population control. Yeah. I got this article here because we're talking about we're talking about a uh, fertilizer, right? Yes. At least part of this is like limit the fertilizer. Right. Um go go back to all natural. Yeah. So this article is from BBC, which came out in 2017. It's titled How Fertilizer Helped Feed the World. Hmm. So now we're talking about get rid of the fertilizer because it's bad for the world. But yeah. back in 2017, the BBC was like, fertilizer kind of saved, saved the world as we know yeah. it. And, I mean, that's just what it did. 
So it says, 100 years ago, two German chemists, where, where's Bayer, Bayer from? Germany. German chemists, Fritz Haber and Karl Bosch, which, is that the Bosch-Bosch? Oh, it might be, yeah. But I was just thinking, if you took Haber and you put B in the front of it, you got Bayer. No, it's Haber and oh, Bosch. Okay. Devised right. a way to transform nitrogen in the air into Bosch. fertilizer, using what became known as the Haber-Bosch process. But Haber's place in history is controversial because not only did he help develop fertilizer, but he is also considered the father of chemical warfare. Why is it all these ag companies also had their hands in, like, chemical warfare? Right. Agent Orange. Agent Orange, mustard gas. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, this guy says, uh, for his years work. Uh, of work developing and weaponizing chlorine and other poison gases during World War One. So this is a good stand-up guy. Yeah, right. He's a Nobel Prize winner because of his work on fertilizer, though. Okay. Just so you know. All right. It says plants need nitrogen. It is one of their five basic requirements, along with potassium, phosphorus, water, and sunlight. In a natural state, plants grow; they die. The nat- nitrogen they contain returns to the soil, and new plants use it to grow. Agriculture disrupts that cycle. Raping and pillaging. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we harvest the plants and we eat them. So there's no plants dying and right. re-fertilizing. It says, from the earliest days of agriculture, farmers discovered various ways to prevent crop yields from declining over time by restoring nitrogen to the fields. Manure has nitrogen, so does compost. The roots of legumes host bacteria that replenish nitrogen levels. That is why it helps to include peas or beans in crop rotation. But these techniques struggle to fully satisfy a plant's appetite for nitrogen. Um, it says, and more the plant grow, add more and the plant grows better. That is exactly what Fritz Haber worked out how to do, driven in part by the promise of a lucrative contract from the chemical company BASF. So that's the company he worked for, I think, with... Uh, yeah, the company's engineer was Carl Bosch. So it's him oh, okay. and Carl Bosch were part of this BASF company. says, the company's engineer, Carl Bosch, then managed to replicate Haber's process on an industrial scale. Both men later won Nobel Prizes, controversially in Haber's case, because he was a war criminal, basically. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> So it says uh, the Haber-Bosch process is perhaps the most significant example of what economists call technological substitution, where we seem to have reached some basic physical limit, then find a workaround. For most of human history, if you wanted more food to support more people, you needed more land. Um, Haber and Bosch provided a substitute. Instead of more land, make nitrogen fertilizer. It was like alchemy. Well, that's a great great thing <laughs> right, to compare yeah. to. Um says, first of all, how it's done. For, I, I, I don't need this whole process to make the synthetic fertilizer that they're now saying is bad, right? Um, let me get to, let me find this, this part that I wanted to read while you're reading. Yes, so, uh, yeah, BASF. Oh, uh, I've got some. I've oh, got okay, some info. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Hold that thought okay, because okay. BASF is not that great either. All right, so this is the part. I, I missed this part up here at the, t- at the very top of the article. It says, it has been called fertilizer. Okay. Fertilizer has been called one of the greatest inventions of the 20th century. And without it, almost half the world's population would not be alive today. Wow. So this is 2017. That's saying quite a bit. 
Is that not telling? Yeah. So you might have wondered why I would think maybe population control when there's an article out there that says, yeah. without pa- without uh, fertilizer, we wouldn't have half the world's population. And now, fast forward to 2022, and they're like, you know what we should get rid of? Fertilizer. It's fertilizer. I mean, we got this problem with too many people. <laughs> Right. Hey, I think this is. Oh, I'm hoping that's not your wife because it says, "What's up, Dad?" I'm <laughs> hey, Daddy. I'm guessing my daughter. I'm is... guessing your daddy's your daddy, your daughter too. <laughs> guessing your daughter too. Hi, Allie. <laughs> so, so this guy invents fertilizer. Yes, wins Nobel Prize because it is the greatest invention. Because, like we said, agriculture is arguably right. the, the best. The most important resource. In, Absolutely. Um, and so we found a way to do it better. And so that became the best invention of the 20th century. And it has been credited for like saving half of the population of the right. world. And now they're saying, let's go all organic. Yeah. Let's go with this this method that we know we'll we wipe know will wipe out half of yeah. the population. Right. And crazy people like me, like normal people would read that and be like, eh, with with technological advances, it's like, have you listened to the things right. Bill Gates says? Right. Well, and that's why my mind went there during the whole um, pandemic thing, yeah. right? Because I was thinking like, okay, you know, you lose, what, 10% of the population? I Is mean, that really so bad? Right, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, shoot, you got dolphins swimming in Venice again, mm-hmm. right? I mean, shoot. Water looks clearer than ever. So what's 10% of the population to save the earth? Right. I mean, I know it wasn't 10%. It was like 0.03 or something right, like right, that. Right. But but now, getting rid of fertilizer, shoot, now they can shoot for the moon. Now they're talking 50%. Right? 50% of the world might go unfed without fertilizer. Unless, I guess, if you tie it back to a company that may or may not have developed some sort of GMO that is... Uh, that can withstand low fertilizer content, right. and then they can own at least probably ninety percent of the yeah. the, the seeds, rather right. than the the measly twenty nine percent of the world's seeds they own today. Yeah. So, um, it, it, again, it's one of those. It's this or this or maybe yeah. both. Because even if they did have that, it's going to take a while to get those processes in place. And you you cut food to fifty percent of the world, people right. people die faster than the innovation catches up. Yeah, and so it's just like, well, how many people will become cannibals? Well, yeah, <laughs> by then, I mean, I, I, it's so happened in Russia. Yeah, I, well, yeah, there's cannibal island in Russia where yeah. they just put people on this island, like build it, yeah, and just live on it, and they're like, there's no food, and they started eating each other, yeah. and then um, they. The freaking soldiers went back and visited, and they're like, "Dude, what the fuck? They're all they all ate themselves." Yeah, and then they go back and they're like, "You know what? Let's never talk about this again." <laughs> yeah, and right. it went like half a century before this like came to yeah. like they admitted that this this experiment happened. Yeah, like what it was basically like Lord of the Flies, but like prisoners. Like, right. Put them on this this island with yeah. no resources and no skills and no yeah, supplies, right. and see. Let's let's yeah. just see they'll, what they'll happens. Thrive. Just yeah. wait. They'll thrive. Yeah, I think they end up bringing food back, but by the time they brought food back, they had all eaten themselves, yeah. and it's now named Cannibal Island. So yeah, yeah, uh, just things to like, look forward to. Like my. <laughs> I, I've told my daughter, do- like, I have weird conversations, not quite to this extent with my daughter, but I like to <laughs> I like to keep her ADD brain kind of active sometimes. And so I've told her before, I was like, look, if it comes down to starving to death, I'd like to say, I'm not going to, ki- 
I'd like to say I'm not going to kill you to eat you, but people do crazy <laughs> things when they're they're starving. Right. Like people go literally insane. Absolutely. And she, she's like, "What if I died?" I was like, "I'd like to say I want to eat you, but I can't make any promises because yeah. I've never been in that position that I am that freaking hungry." Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, until you're starving, you don't know what you'll do. Yeah. I mean. Right. I I think most people would like to say they wouldn't resort yeah. to cannibalism, but look at all the examples in like Soviet Russia or. Or places that have actually gone through food shortages and yeah. food crises, where it's just like, like yeah. we wonder why these tribes in Africa are cannibalistic tribes. Is it yeah. because maybe they had to do that for survival right. at some point? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've never been in that position right. before. Yeah. So I mean, we joke about it, but we joke com- about it. Coming but, soon mean, to a nation near <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. Is there anything more horrible to think about? So, like, <clears throat> you wanted to talk about this Haber guy. Yeah. And his uh, his th- war crimes. Yes, this uh, well, his BASF yes. company. I mean, it, it's considered a multinational chemical company and the largest chemical producer in the world. So apparently, it still exists. Yeah, there's actually a branch in Brooklyn, Iowa. Oh, really? Yes, I did not know that. It stands for I'm not going to read that, but it's basically <laughs> German for Baden Aniline and Soda Factory. <laughs> Okay. Because they started with like dyes and soda or sodium carbonate. I think I'd stick with Coca Cola. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's probably more of like a like baking soda type. Yeah. They they, right. they branched to sulfuric acid. They helped develop ammonia. Okay. Um, which is also another major contributor yes. to yeah. uh, climate change. Yeah. Something that well they had said that Netherlands that was one of the biggest like byproducts was the ammonia from all the animals. Right. So, yeah, yeah, because of the feces and the mm. urine and stuff in such close quarters, they're like, hey, we got to get make shitless and, cows. I mean, maybe on... maybe Bayer's going to make shitless cows. That would be amazing. That would be. We are already making fartless cows. <laughs> right. Maybe if we can make shitless Is cows. Is that what Burger King does? Yeah, they they <laughs> they have the they pride themselves on using fart non-farting cows, <laughs> which is impressive, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Maybe the byproduct of the fartless cows goes into the making of, of the, the Impossible Burger. Yeah, because they capture <laughs> the fart. Yes. They collect it. They just put a bag over the ass yeah. of the cow. They capture the, the fart, and then they use they reuse that as the Impossible <laughs> ingredients in the Impossible There you Whopper. go. It tastes just like a Whopper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so BASF, at one point, helped to form... IG Farben. Do you know what IG Farben is? I do not know what IG Farben is. You don't IG know what Farben. IG Farben is. Okay. I, I do not. I, I, we got to talk a little bit about IG Farben because you don't know BASF if you don't know IG Farben. Okay. IG Farben it was basically a, it was a, a chemical company, but it was also a major military contractor for the Nazi party. Oh. And they were responsible for Zyklon B. Okay. Which was what? killed the Jews. Yeah, that was the gas. Yeah, yeah that was that. That was uh, IG Farben. So yeah. BASF, you know, this uh, Nobel Peace yes. Prize winner, he helped form this company that became a Nazi contractor that made wow. gas to kill the Jews. Wow. And now pe- that's why people are saying, well, he's kind of a war criminal here. Yeah, kind of. I mean, he worked kinda. on chlorine, like chlorine gas. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, I could do better. I could do you one better. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, don't they use the chlorine gas in like the, the gas chambers now when they kill murderers? I, I, yeah, I think so, yeah. I think that's the big one. Um, so IG Farben disbanded, was disbanded because <laughs> they're Nazi criminals. 
And then they broke down to some uh, successors. Do you know one of the successors of IG Farben? Is it Bayer? It's Bayer. <laughs> Absolutely Bayer. So figures. It all comes back around. <laughs> so, so we have this guy that produced, that created fertilizer, and then he also created, or his company at least, created yeah. the gas for the Jews. the Jews. And then they're like, you know, you guys are bad dudes, so let's break them down to Bayer, who obviously, after producing mustard gas of course. and heroin, of course. obviously, and creating, like, the opium yeah. uh, epidemic, as well as, like, giving people cancer yes. because of tainted drugs, giving yes. people, didn't they, what, didn't it? They like test run some drugs in Africa and oh, ended no, that up giving was, people uh, AIDS. That was um, the other one, the other company. What? Which one? The uh, the other big pharma one. Uh, um, Pfizer. Uh, yeah, Pfizer. Okay. That was Pfizer. I th- uh, well, Bayer had similar. Uh, I'm sure Bayer <laughs> similar has, things. I, I think I'm they, sure they had did. an issue like that too. Yeah. I think they were on. board. It wouldn't surprise me. They're probably part of Pfizer too. Um, and then, out of the goodness of their heart, they're obviously these uh like green environmentalists like hey let's let's save the environment after we've raped it with chemicals for years yeah, for right. decades centuries and then we buy this other company that is known for raping and pillaging the farmland yeah. but let's be environmentalists here <laughs> right yeah so i mean there's not again there's not a lot to show that they're intentionally um causing some form of population control but when they're they are being heralded as saving the planet through fertilizer and then turning around being like you know we should stop this fertilizer thing yeah it's like either a you've created a way to farm without or b you just want half the population to die i mean those are the only two options it's like it's like when um bill gates came out and was like uh you know the, the world's overpopulated but with the use of vaccinations, we can we can ha- help that problem. It's like I've thought of every way of which you could have of what you could be meaning there, and I've come up with nothing other than population control, like your vaccines causing population control. Like there's just my mind can't comprehend of how you misspoke that or how you even like you're like well actually what I meant no you said yeah it's overpopulated but with vaccines. We can fix that problem. So you've got this, like, Bayer that's, like, one of their founders, basically, was like, you know, fertilizer, save the world. And then Bayer comes out and is like, you know, I'm on board with this no fertilizer thing because it it helps feed 50% of the world. Right. Yeah. Well, and fertilizer is the second time I've heard them say that something helped, like, save half the world because the other one was the cure for malaria. Okay. They Is that s- Bayer? Well, or- you know, I don't know. That's a good question. But I remember I remember reading something. They said that finding the cure or a, va- a vaccine for malaria helped save half the world because— But that'd be like them turning around and being like, you know what's really bad for the environment? Is the cure for malaria? Well, yeah, exactly. We should get rid of that. That's exactly it. Yes, it's like okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait, you just said that. I, I thought it was good. Why <laughs> right. are you getting rid of it? Right, but it's just like, hey, uh, this innovation was so good. Like you know, yeah. uh, uh, like the innovation to make things more efficient, make farming more efficient. Yes, it's kind of bad, but at some point we got to stop this. It's yeah. not, and it's not like. We got to transition out of this because that transition per- period for 
farmer, like local farmers, mm-hmm. they're not leaving that. Even if their end game is like by 2030, that's seven years. Yeah. Seven years to uh, completely redo your way of life. Yeah. And you're talking farmers with minimal profit margins. Yeah. It's not like, like say the the company's like, you know, or the government's like, you know, everybody has to use this model of combine because it doesn't disrupt the soil right. so much. I mean, this is just an example. Obviously, yeah. this is a <laughs> very minor scale. You, you got to use this, this one here. And it's only created by John Deere is the only one that makes them because they have the patent rights on it. It's proprietary to them. And it's doesn't have real tires it rolls on clouds and it doesn't till up the soil it actually just um it reads it <laughs> yeah, yeah well it, yeah it just it, there there are tiny little midgets in the back that are just blowing the <laughs> seeds out of their hand <laughs> onto the soil and this is the only combine that you're allowed to use from yeah. now on and john deere is the only one that makes yeah. it all the other comp- combine companies like does case ih still a thing uh, is there even any more combine? Yeah, maybe maybe no. John Deere yeah, already did this. I think this. it's all John Deere. <laughs> yes. All the other companies that still exist, if they do, combine yeah. companies immediately go out of business, first of all. Second, farmers with like 1980s combines that still sit out there in the oh, fields yeah. and run forever, that right. they fix themselves, um, they can't use those anymore. Right. No. Because they're going to fly drones over your field if they see you using old right. Bessie out there. Yeah. Um, instead of their clouds and, and midgets. Midget breath. Uh, <laughs> you're you're going to get huge fines, which is going to probably be more like multi millions of dollars, which is going to be more than that multi million dollar combine. So effectively, you're shutting those farmers out, except yeah. the, the ones that can afford this, which are already own the majority of the farmland or the, the proprietary right. seeds or something to begin with. So that you're just shutting out any local competition. Yeah. Just like we said Walmart and Amazon did with by being able to be considered uh what were they considered? Essential. Right. Essential yeah. during the pandemic, but yeah. the mom and pop shops couldn't be considered essential. Right. So they have some ways of uh, they throw a loaf of bread on the shelves, and they're like, "Hey, guys, yeah. we're essential. Right. We're essential here. Well, we can sell our clothes and our our fishing right. gear and yeah. our our TVs and right. stuff. But because we have everything here, we're right. essential." Yeah, but I mean, it's just like you know, Bayer coming out and saying, "Well, we're already thirty percent there." It's like, okay, well, yeah, well, because you got a jump on the game, right? Yeah, and you got the billions of dollars to. Yes. You're the ones that come up with the technology. Yeah. You're the ones that come up with the that write the legislation that says, hey, we gotta use yeah. uh, midget midget breath and cloud tires. So you're the ones that developed that and you're the ones that patented it. Yes. And you can say, guys, you, you got to only use our farms because yeah. our farms are the only ones that are properly farmed with midget yeah. breath. So so the the Hansons down the street who like, like the band like yeah, Bob Hansons. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> they have the farm down the street, and they've run the same tractors for the last thirty years. Right. You know, it's this farm's been in their family for a hundred years, and they only farm maybe like I don't know, maybe like fifty acres. Yeah, which is small. You right. know, they run maybe um, you know maybe seventy five head of cattle. Right, right. They can't keep up. No, right. So they're gonna have to sell out. They can't buy the the special seeds from Monsanto Bayer. You know, or or the the midget tractors, 
so you know they just can't they can't keep up. So they yeah. gotta they gotta sell their sell off their land or to probably it. Monsanto yeah. or lease it to the solar farms. Yes, or lease it in, or just let it sit and die and turn into dust yeah. bowl. Or maybe they would have to start growing midgets. So do you do you see any benefits of these like green restrictions? No. on farming these no. immediate like we got to do this now, guys. Yeah, like is that gonna actually benefit? The environment? You know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, where are the numbers that say, okay, well, if we do cut it back by 30% or 70%, it's going to make this much difference in the carbon footprint. Well, who do you think those numbers were written by? Oh, Bayer Probably Monsanto. Bayer. Right? Corporate, and we're yeah. using Bayer as an example. Yeah, because right. Because that's the one I looked up, first of all. But right. there's four of them out there. But Bayer is, like I said, 29% yeah. of the seeds out there. 25, 24, yeah. 25% It was of probably the their scientists that, that did up the math and was like, well, you guys need to cut it back about 30 to 70%. Right. Right? So, well, they did the math. They're like... What can we survive on right. and still make a considerable profit? How much could we cut back our emissions with the innovation that we have, not the innovation that normal farmers have, but right. with our innovation, how much could we technically pull back and still yeah. turn a mega profit? And how much how much more would we have to pull back to make sure nobody else can turn that profit themselves and they would have right. to go out of business? And then we will go and lobby the the world leaders will will we'll partner is what they call yeah. partner with World Economic Forum. In other right. words, another term for probably lobbying for right. s- similar like legislation yeah. across the globe. And they those mega global organizations put pressure on like the EU or mm-hmm. the United States yeah. and are like, hey, you want to be part of this thing yeah. we got going on? Then you got to get on board. Yeah. And you got to do the things that we say. It's kind of like. What were we talking about? About joining uh, the EU, where it's they had all the. It's like, oh, it's going to benefit you guys to yeah. join the EU, and you will also contribute a designated specific amount to the good of the EU. Like right. it's like a tit for tat. Like, yeah. well, you you're, you're going to have to give up a lot to us too right. to be considered part of this thing. When you get somebody like. Well, we're just using the World Economic Forum because it's the bad guy out there right, right. now. But somebody like, with that much status globally, yeah. you you don't want to like you you saw when Trump pulled out of like the Paris Agreement, right. he became like this oh, outcast, e- evil, evil, yeah, outcast of like European yeah. countries and people that fell under those yeah. those agendas. Gre- Greta Thunberg was very upset. How dare you? <laughs> um, so yeah, we, I mean, we don't want to fall out of that status. Right. I mean, it's it's kind of like what the social what is it like the social grading like the social scores right yeah social yeah. credit Soci- scores yeah. it's kind of like that but on a national level right. like you don't want to lose your social status right. at a national level we don't want to be Donald Trump America again <laughs> right. in the eyes of the rest of the world yeah so we get on board with these because nobody wants to say be considered a climate denier right. if you turn down any of these. Uh, these uh, stipulations or these requirements, and all of a sudden you're a climate denier. Oh, yeah. And it's, I'm not even saying I don't. And I, I've said several times, I know that current agricultural processes yeah. have raped the ground. Right. But I also know that you can't, you're not going to just turn around and go yeah. organic on Chernobyl out there. Right. I mean, so, but wouldn't you think that 
there's a more responsible way to do it. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. <laughs> Instead of just saying, "Hey, you guys got seven years to switch over to this and cut thirty percent of your your nitrogen use," I mean, that's like, um, okay, <laughs> now what? Well, the the most responsible way to farm and do better by the the environment would be to get rid of the corporations. Yeah. The corporations that are writing all these green bills, that are lobbying for these green bills, are the ones that share the majority of the destruction of the world yeah. ecosystem. Yeah. It's not uh, John the far- John Brown the farmer down the street with his 50 acres. He's not the one that contributed yeah. to the complete raping of the land here. Right. It was the megacorps that... Like like Monsanto that like decided to completely use the Roundup to kill off everything right. across yeah. the freaking farms and the farmers that had to sell out to those. I mean, those are the ones responsible, and those are the ones that are like, you know, guys, we got to do better. You farmers right. are the problem here. It's like, well, wait, wait a second. Right. You, you're you're right. saying my my hundred acres out there really is contrib. Well, if you add up John Brown's farm, you add up right. Jack's farm over there. I mean, right. I I read an article that was like, private farmers actually make up like seventy nine percent of still the farmland out there right. collectively. And these like billionaires and corporations don't actually make up that vast amount, but but those corporations are the ones doing the most damage. Right. Whether it's the farmland, whether it's the the meat processing plants, yeah. whether it's the uh, the uh, supply chains, like the global supply chain. Imagine how much uh, how much CO two emissions would be decreased if we only shipped our crops to a local area versus hey let's let's fly this or ship this across the ocean and then take some of their crop like we'll ship our corn to china and we'll buy china's corn and ship it back here yeah right it's like how much uh, co2 emissions would we save if we just didn't transport the crops yeah globalism is the fucking problem with with climate change yeah, okay, she's not listening anymore. So <laughs> so fucking China keeps their cows and their rice. We can keep our corn and our cows. I don't like rice anyway. <laughs> right? In California, as we learned, has rice. They're just not growing Yeah, it. and fuck California. Nobody likes them anyways. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I don't see how more globalism and more regulations and shutting down the local level is yeah. going to actually benefit it doesn't the environment it's just going to put it in all into yeah. a few people's hands which is yeah. what we say the world economic forum is about anyway yeah. um back back to today where does this leave us um like you said canada is coming out with a like Cut your fertilizer law. Yeah. We talked about how fertilizer saved the world. Um, This article is from The Federalist. It says, Canada joins the Netherlands in declaring climate-crazed war on farmers. says, the Trudeau government has apparently moved on from their attack on oil and gas and set their sights on Saskatchewan Saskatchewan farmers. Sorry, I'm not Canadian. That's right. (laughs) So this one says, in its latest bid to amass greater control of Canadian society— 
Uh, Minister, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is set to move forward with his government's plan to reduce nitrogen emissions by limiting fertilizer used among Canadian farmers. So, this no. life-saving, world-changing, yeah. Nobel Prize-winning thing here. Yeah. Hey, let, let, we got to cut gotta that. Get rid of it. So that's that's uh, that's Justin Trudeau. That's just north of us. So then, here in the United States. John Kerry is saying that Biden could declare a climate emergency. And we all like know what happened. Look, at, look at him. He looks dead. What the f- Is what he the hell? dead? I think he is. <laughs> a baby's blood's not working out for him anymore. <laughs> he must be becoming immune they to cut baby's him off. blood. So it says, U.S. Climate Envoy. I love that made-up title. Yeah. John Kerry says, President Joe Biden is considering announcing a climate emergency. The move would give him additional power. That's what the that administration needs right? to push renewable energy agenda. So what did we discuss was side by side with the, the food crisis, the, the energy, the energy crisis. crisis. So yep. let's let's announce a climate emergency so we can push our renewable energy agenda. Yeah, right. Well, because no one's buying Build Back Better. Well, obviously. Says so Mr. Kerry told BBC it was less than ideal that Congress was not full throatedly in favor, but he said full no. Throatedly, yes. <laughs> but he said notably, or no, nobody was more committed than President Biden to replacing carbon-based energy. Of course, Mr. Kerry also said recent Supreme Court rulings restricting the government's environmental policies has not helped. Climate change increased the risk of hot, dry weather that is likely to fuel wildfires. You know what else would increase? The fuel of wildfires would be just stopping growing shit and just letting it all die. Yeah, yeah. And just burn off, basically. <laughs> Says the world is already... I don't care. I don't care. I, I don't care. Says on Wednesday, Biden announced $2.3 billion to help build infrastructures that can withstand extreme weather and natural disasters. However, he stopped short of formally declaring a climate emergency, despite mounting pressure to do so from fellow Democrats' environmental groups. So that's what's going on here. We've got Biden, who is thinking about declaring climate change as an emergency, which will immediately increase his powers to say, you can't produce this way anymore. You can't use that form of energy anymore. You can't use those fertilizers anymore. you 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 got to cut emissions by 30 to 70%. Yeah. And it's a climate emergency, right? Yeah. So he, basically he'd be doing pandemic powers. Yeah, it's like car blanche, like, yeah. Pow- like, um, what, what did, uh, you remember, um, Jafar when he turned into a genie? Yes. He, what did he say? It's like, basically, like, Ultimate power. Yeah, ultimate cosmic power. Ultimate cosmic power. (laughs) Yes. I I, I could see Biden up there. It's like ultimate cosmic power. (laughs) I mean, that's what it is. It's just carte blanche, like uh, endless power, like we saw with that. But now we're on a climate scale. And what about climate lockdown? I'm going to authorize uh, power companies to uh, do rolling blackouts to conserve energy. Oh, yeah. Right? But, But, I mean, you already have. States that are um, suggesting, hey, we we cut back our power usage. We turn our air conditioning up to what, like seventy eight or something right. stupid. Like, like who wants to live in a world where you gotta no, sit in seventy eight degree sleep air seventy eight degrees? <laughs> First world problems, <laughs> right? <laughs> but then the same people are saying, 
you should drive electric cars. Right, right. Which are powered by yeah. your home electric system, which is powered off of right. I, a, I want, if Biden commits, I want a camera on him 24 hours. I want to see his ass sweating at night. Yes, you better be shutting your air White House. Yes. yes. And you better be finding a way to charge your goddamn electric car without plugging it yeah. into the outlet. Right. How is it? I mean, all that's going to do is cut back on transportation, yeah. which is ideally what they want. They can't oh, yeah. tell you. Oh, yeah. But they can say drive these electric cars but then they can cut back oh, on your electric spending ride so a bike you, take the train yeah, obviously ride which the is bus. i mean it's all like to like we talked about the uh the tw- uh agenda 20 right 21 agenda 21 yeah where it, it was just like shove everybody yeah. into uh more urban yeah. living spaces right. because high rises yeah if we if we can't drive Right, like electric cars. <laughs> I saw a video or not a video, uh, a post where somebody had taken an electric truck, an EV truck, and hauled a Mustang on a trailer across the country, and he had to stop every a hundred miles. Yeah. One hundred miles. What? What is the U.S. like three thousand, thirty five hundred yeah. miles across? Yeah, You're talking thirty five stops. Yeah, to charge to fill, your car. To and charge how long your, do you have to charge it? I, for? Probably a couple hours. I mean, I that's would, at least. Yeah. I, so you're talking. There goes like long distance travel. Yeah. At least on a large scale, there most of long distance travel goes away. Yeah. Most of long commutes to work goes away. Yeah. Like give up living 45 minutes away yeah. out in the country to drive to work. No, yeah. we got to get closer because well, now we're not allowed to charge our electric vehicles, so right. now we got to ride a bike, so we got to yeah. live even closer or take the the bus. Yeah, the the public transportation or the train or just live in these communities where you yeah. you work at your right, yeah, your house, your living community, yeah. work community. They they just will have agenda twenty one. Yeah, data mine, right? Yeah, we discussed all this shit in yeah. our agenda twenty one episode, probably almost two years ago yeah. now. You, you data mine in in the meta universe. Oh, that's where you have to work, right? You just yeah. plug in and you have, you. Yeah, we're like. Bitcoin miners, right. pretty much yeah. in Meta. Like we just yeah. charge the Meta. <laughs> right. That's all it is. So, yeah. I mean, this is. I mean, we're obviously getting way extreme here, but this all leads to that. It does because, and, and then obviously kill off half the population oh, in the yeah. process right, too. Right. Yeah. Right. Back to the farmers <laughs> because we we went way off there, yes. but. Yeah, I mean, this is just another step in that direction. It is. And like like I said, it's e- either corporate takeover of the farms, which has been happening for decades anyway, yeah. based on the examples, right. small Bill examples Gates, we gave. Who is the, the what largest private owner yeah. of farmland now? Yeah. Why, why aren't they paying him to give up his farmland? Um, or it's a population control mission, or it's a combo of the two, which is combo. most likely yeah. the scenario. So, I don't know. Thoughts? Yeah. Final thoughts? Yeah, like I said, it's scary, you know, when when they talk about food because that's the thing that you know we're all affected by, mm-hmm. right? That's the thing that we can all need to survive. So when they're talking about shortages or, or rationing or whatever, I mean, that's that's scary. Well, and, not only like with inflation, food costs already insane. Oh yeah, I went and bought a bag of Doritos, like not mm-hmm. not a little one because who eats a little bag of Doritos? Like a right. not the family size, but the, the in between yeah. one at Casey's today at the gas station. For those of you who don't know, Casey's is. Um, and I get up there and she rings it up, and this is literally her response. She's like, "Beep." She's like, "Will that be all for you?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Your total comes to five. Holy crap, that's mm-hmm. a lot." 
five dollars and fifty nine cents for a bag yeah. of Doritos, and it yeah. was on sale two for nine dollars. Ins- two for nine. Two for nine. That's dollars. Yes, and it's just like. Yeah, I, I I agree, lady. I agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, food prices are well, already I, insane. I, I was on vacation and I asked Jen to pick up a, a thing of Oreos yeah. when she was out, right? So again, Casey's yeah. gas station. She ended up giving me a little thing for like a buck fifty or three bucks or whatever. Yeah, it used to be like eighty five cents. She said the thing. big thing was six dollars. Yes. yes. Six dollars for Oreos. Yes. I mean, God forbid. We they take our Oreos from us and our right. Doritos. Come that's on. when we rebel. Yes, that's that, when we rebel. Coffee. We already talked about coffee. Imagine yes. coffee, Oreos, and Doritos yeah. gone. That's like the three basic. Well, they already want groups. to take away our steak. They're trying. They're really pushing this whole, you know, like cut back on the farms, cut back on the meat production. But the the, the crickets. We gotta we gotta have the crickets, uh, because <laughs> this was this was kind of related, but not so much. But Aspire Food Group has completed production of a cricket manufacturing facility for food-based crickets in Canada, of course. Obviously Canada. Canada. Which reminds me, you can join the Anti-Cricket Brigade here at the Break the Bell podcast. You can buy this shirt here that says, I will not eat your bugs. (laughs) Proud member of the Anti-Cricket Brigade because I will not eat crickets. Uh, I'm sorry, if they take steak and bacon, uh, uh, it's it's war. Yeah, it is. It's war. Do you, do you think the elitists are going to eat crickets? No, fuck no. Uh, no, they're going to take up. I I've tried to explain. I like I said, I have these conversations with my daughter just mm-hmm. on a minor level, but she'll be like, "Well, why? Why would they want to?" Because it was when I made the shirt, she saw. I was like, "Why would? Why would somebody want us to eat bugs?" I was like, "So the rich people can keep all the steaks for themselves. They want to mm-hmm. eat all. They want all the steaks for themselves." Yeah. And she's like. Oh, why would they do that? She's like, I love steak. <laughs> it's like, exactly. Now you're tracking. Yes. Yes, you're on board now. So go to <laughs> breakthebell.bigcartel.com and you can purchase that and other awesome shirts, shirt designs. Um, but that one just seemed to apply to this yes. so so much. So we are about out of time. This, I mean, this is one, this one hits home. It does. And like I said, it, it, it's, it, it is scary. And it, But again, that's... It makes no logical sense for the good of humanity to decide to cut it back on on farmers now when we're already approaching a food crisis. Yeah. Well, and you got like celebrities like Russell Brand coming out and saying, "Hey guys, they're uh, they're trying to buy up all the farmland and kill us all." Yeah. When you got like Hollywood celebrities that are yeah. just like, uh, "This this thing is happening. Uh, we should be concerned." And then it's like, "Well, if yeah. Russell Brand saying, which Russell Brand's been kind of on that." Yeah, direction a little more has, yeah. as of lately. Since Katy Perry and him split, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe it wasn't Russell Brand that was bad for Katy. Maybe it was Katy that was I bad. I think for that's Russell exactly Brand. what it is. Yes, I mean that makes the most sense. She is obviously part of the Illuminati, oh, and he yeah. got out of that when yeah. he split with her. Yeah, and now he's exposing them for exactly. what they are. She's I mean, just that makes trying to make him seem crazy. We have to get out of here. We are over our time. Tell us what you think on this one. Do you think? Do you think there this green agenda is all about consolidation of power? I, if Biden declares an emergency, right, a, a climate emergency, it's going to happen. I, man, I'm telling you, that's. I would I would say that that is the final straw. I would think. Yeah. That, well, I just think I mean when you think about what they did for the the 
the pandemic. Right, which they're trying again, by right. the way. Yeah, I, oh, I know that. Numbers are way up all over the board. Yeah, masks are being worn by... Like, my wife has to wear a mask yeah. at work right now. No, I know, I know. We're it's... in the hot zone. I haven't heard of one person <laughs> in this city, I know. this damn city that's gotten it, but we're in yeah. the hot zone. No, I've seen all, uh, different news reports about numbers being oh, way up course. again. But anyways, again, they go into this lockdown, like, these presidential powers, mm-hmm. because green energy, Yeah. then, I mean, again, they can dictate just about anything at that point. Right. That's it. But they own all the cards at that point, so... And they've got the, like we said, the corporations pushing the legislation that's lining their pockets for it so they can line their own pockets. It's a a power grab. It is. I mean, whether or not you believe climate change is a real thing or not isn't the point. It's the point that this is a power grab. It's not anything to do with saving the ecosystem and saving the environment. It's everything to do with how can I get more power? I have a lot of the power. Yeah. I've got the majority of the power, but how can I get all right. of the power. Yeah. How, how can I control other people? Yeah, more? and it's not going to be like a government. It's not going to be like Nazi Germany no. or like the United States. It's not going to be a government. It's all. It's just NGOs because yeah. NGOs run the ro- world yeah. now. So, yeah, we got to get out of here. I said that three times now. This has been a fun one. Uh, again, let us know what you think. The comment section is always open. We have a forum on Facebook called the Breaking the Bell Forum. Uh, send a send an invite like in. Send a request to get in because I don't want a bunch of bots in my freaking uh, forum. So send a request, and if you're a real person, I'll, I'll definitely let you in uh, to join the conversation. The only rule is don't be a dick. Um, otherwise, just have a, have a good, fun conversation. Let us know what you think. Otherwise, uh, I'm on Twitter a lot, at BreakTheBellPod. Uh, Bill hangs out on Instagram quite a bit. I don't as much. So um, you can find us anywhere at... Break the Bell Pod is our handle on all yep. the major social media. All over the place. Yep. Uh, if you want to see us on some other social media platform, let us know what that is, and we'll do our best to get on it. There keeps being these ones pop up here and there, and it's like I got to get on that, and then everybody stops talking about yeah. it. So it's just right. like, well, that was a nice fad for two days. Um, but if if there's one out there you want to see us on, let us know, and we'll, we'll get on it. We'll do it. Yep. Have a great rest of your week. Be back here next Monday night for. Another great show, live, 7 p.m. every Monday night, Central Standard Time. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zielinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout-out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.